What's good, everybody? We had a wild, wild car weekend. My name's Kanal, and I'm here with Adam. Hey, 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 everyone. What you doing, dude? I don't know. I'm just here. Uh, unfortunately, Seahawks, you know, didn't win the game, but I mean, my expectations weren't high. But uh, other than that, you know, had a nice, good, long weekend. And um, yeah, it was good. It's okay. How about yourself? Oh, yeah. I went out to, like I told you last week, I was out there in Scottsdale. Which we were joking about me just checking out Cliff Kingsbury's house on Airbnb, but that shit might have actually been on Airbnb. He just oh. took a that guy took a one way ticket to Thailand and said, "Fuck this, I'm out of here." <laughs> oh man, that's I, I probably would too. I mean, hey, if you're making seven point five million annually while being you know not working, so I too will take a trip somewhere. <laughs> yeah, no, and you know I, the fact, yeah, like you said, man still got money rolling in, and he's just out there fishing in Thailand or whatever you do out there. Yeah. Um, and then a quick, quick thing, you know, one thing that has been like a good uh, for us at Mr. Epps, uh, you know, the Mr. Epps podcast here, we're on YouTube now, you know, yeah. come, come find us on YouTube uh, at, um, at Mr. Epps. Come see us. We got uh, one of the episodes up. We'll, you know, as we go forward, you're going to see our episodes going up on there and some maybe some other content. Who knows? Yeah, we're hoping that it'll it'll grow. We're going to we started off uploading our full episodes, but we'll we'll start chunking it up a little bit just to just to start spamming out the content out there because we got we talk a lot. We love to uh uh we love to talk football. You might, we you wanna... might get you might get each of our think pieces if like the podcast can't hold all of like all of what we want to say. It's going to be Canal's think piece section, right? Yeah. <laughs> Canal's thoughts. Uh, no one cares. <laughs> no one cares. But hey, we have we have up to like about thirty plus views right now. So hey, I'm gonna take you know, thank take you it. for the love for everyone um, that came out, supported, that followed. You know, go ahead and go to that YouTube channel, come see our our ugly mugs, and just say hello. And you know, ugly. Like, you know, Ma- Mama said I'm a beautiful boy. Okay, I'm a beautiful baby boy. <laughs> <laughs> My mama did too. Are we both handsome, as they always say? No. <laughs> no, no <Nope>. never <laughs> stay humble <laughs> stay humble stay uh yeah stay humble stay hungry right <laughs> yeah um but in short just hey go ahead like subscribe um share it with your friends and stuff like that and of course hey put some comments and questions down below and we can get to those so yeah and this is gonna be great because we can actually get some interaction you know coming out with the uh with the youtube fl- platform it's a little bit more streamlined than the podcasting format so uh we're looking forward to it but and we uh, have a short we have a one short. <laughs> <laughs> yep, we have a short. That's hey, this is the start of many things, and um, because it's going to be interesting making those shorts. I think I was actually taking a crack at it, didn't get the other short up I wanted, but that's it's going to change this upcoming week. But um, it's really interesting trying to get shorts up, though. I yeah. will say shorts, reels. We'll try to get it all out there. We just uh, put our ugly mugs on every every social media platform. I, just, we can. I wasn't ready for everyone to see this ugly mug yet. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you uh, lining up the beard. You're good to go. <laughs> of course. But yeah. Uh, you want to just get into this um, good old fashioned Seahawks and talk about it. We have to talk about it at some point. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, but man, I don't want to, it hurts, but yeah, I mean, me neither. it was what you let's, let's break it down. Like we always break it down. Let's start mm-hmm. with offense. What'd you think? Um, you know, I, I love like I love this little note I made for it. Like we had him in the first half. Not gonna lie, you know, I kind of just switched. The you know what I imagined when you wrote that down was uh, Michael, like the episode of The Office where they're playing basketball and <laughs> where they, they Michael's team is up and he's like, "Stop, stop, I'm hurt." <laughs> All right, we'll just call it. We'll just call it what the score is. Oh, we're winning. I guess we won then. <laughs> I was thinking that the whole time. 
if we could have just stopped the game at halftime, it would have been a nice poetic way to end this, to end their season. And then of course we move on to the next round, but unfortunately the second half um, got the best of us. So like some of the things I had was just, yeah, the second half was getting what got away from us, especially when it came to frustration and execution for the offense. And my final thought for the offense is let's just go ahead and look for those centers, the center and guard, that the center and right guard that we need for the O line. Some yeah, we need to, we need to stop doing that random ass rotation. We never we were never even in Pete's post conference or post you know the postseason conf- uh, uh, press conference. You know, mm-hmm. it's always like you know must see TV for a team that you know exits early because it's kind of like the the tell all episode of any reality TV show like you know mm-hmm. that you see. Oh yeah. There we didn't get any sort of insight in, with regards to that, I think. I didn't see that in the in the press conference, but it was a really weird thing that we saw throughout the season was that, you know, Gabe Jackson and I think it was Phil, Phil Haynes, Haynes. Phil Haynes, yeah. We're pretty much evenly splitting snaps the entire season. And I thought Phil Haynes filled in for Austin Blythe when he got injured, right? Yeah, it was either him or Kyle Fuller, I can't remember. Kyle Fuller. It was Kyle Fuller. Yeah. And you know, yeah, it's it's just one of those things like like you know is it like a tell like oh shit Gabe Jackson's and we running the ball like <laughs> right but I, I personally feel like Gabe Jackson is kind of on like the, the his last some years of like for his NFL career because like I can kind of see a little bit of a decline I wouldn't say it's like a full on like get rid of him he's out of here I think he could still be serviceable but I I think we should still be in the market for a guard in the center. Now, if we go the free agent route, I just don't want us to do the cheap one year seven, like the one year vet discount, you know, which is basically what we got out of Austin Blythe, right? Yeah, we got the vet discount. All right. (laughs) The discount. Um, We definitely need to kind of get past this Max Unger curse at center. Um, He's been even Austin Blythe this whole season. He had his moments, but most of the time it's been bad. So yeah. it's, how many times have how many times you've called it? You've always messaged us in the discord. How many times have, have you called out Austin Blythe just getting bulldozed by the other team's nose tackle? Oh my God. Like, I don't know, especially in this later, like the last, like what, six games or so he's been having a bit of a struggle, especially, you know, up against teams that have been struggling themselves to get a win. But here we are as the Seahawks struggling to beat like the Rams twice and all that type of stuff. So, you know, it's not like I'm not saying I want to beat them like 49 zero, although that would be awesome. But we only had like out of like those last what like five or six games we had we only had like one complete game, but it was against like a team that you know they weren't going to have an off season and stuff like that. So, eh, you know, it's just one of those things. But hey, they uh they did release um you know part of the schedule for next season, so they will be coming to Dallas uh next year. So I'll be at that game. Oh yeah, that's always good TV too, because you know how much we hate Dallas. <laughs> They'll actually be on TV, but I'm going to actually be at the game. With, that's oh, show I'm, off! Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the invite. <laughs> I mean, you you're very close to you know you're very you're pretty close to um relatively uh to the home site. So whenever they have like some of their big home games uh this upcoming well for next year's season anyway, don't have any like you know dates or times and things of that nature. But hey, we at least know who the away and the home teams are. Yeah, and hopefully, you know, we can, because, you know, the going back to what you were talking about, how we were struggling towards, like, the end of the season with, like, some of these teams, mm-hmm. kind of, like, we were kind of spoiled with that six, when we got up to six and three, because we were just kind of, like, we're putting, like, 35, you know, 35 plus points up a week kind of thing, and then once that uh, halfway point oh, hit. We, but were we, were we really spoiled? Let's be honest here. We weren't really spoiled. Being spoiled is a Patriots fan. 
that's being spoiled. <laughs> yeah. So, or I, mean, I, I guess the correct term is that we had high expectations after we saw, because oh, we started off the season with low, ex, low expectation. And then it just got off to a hot start. And then we're like, Mona oh shit, wins. we can do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that did work out. So yeah, continue. Go ahead. Yeah. And so with, <clears throat> with regards to that, like, you know, hopefully we can string together a full season because I saw the, the, I saw the schedule, like you were mentioning, they haven't put out the order or anything, but mm-hmm. you know, Aside from our divisional games, you know, we got some we got some tough matchups next season. So we're gonna need to yeah. bring our A to game because I think, you know, looking back on the season, losing to teams like the Raiders and Carolina, Atlanta. Who, do you know New who Orleans. some of those teams are, by the way, for the next season? I don't know if you have let me it pull right it up. there. Yeah, I do me... know I did see one. So obviously besides the Dallas Cowboys, I am gonna be there for that one. Um uh the, we're gonna face the Detroit Lions again. That's another one. Um, yeah, I have I it right here. So it looks like the home mm-hmm. matchups are going to be against the Cardinals, Rams, and Niners, of course. Then we're going to have one against the Eagles, Browns, Steelers, Commanders, and Panthers mm-hmm. at home. And That's away, we're interesting. away we're going to have the car- like uh, Cardinals, of course, Ravens, Cowboys, uh, Rams, of course. We're going to be away to the Giants, Niners, of course, and Bengals, Lions, and Titans. So we got some tough games. Bengals and Lions and Titans, like. Who knows what kind of Titans team is going to be out uh, there next year? Ones that stood out to me was like the Bengals, the Lions, and um, I thought I had this thing saved. Ravens? My... Ravens, yeah, because Lamar should be healthy by that point unless, you know, you know, we another... see on that. Yeah. That's a, you know, that's another thing. But um, but there's also know. tough matchups in there. Like Commanders are going to have like a fully healthy Chase Young again. They're going to be true. They're going to be a force to reckon with. Hopefully they kind of – get right at quarterback because that organization and that coach are not on the, on the same page. And that, I think that's, what's been hurting them from, from taking that next step. But that's who knows true. where we're going to with Browns too. I mean, we yeah. saw a middling, we saw a middling. Um, He's been out the whole season and he just came in. So it wasn't that good, but there's going to be, there has like, you just take what Deshaun Watson did with the Browns this season as like the bottom. That's the, that's your floor. Yeah, that's so actually what, a good way of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you going to see after? That's the thing for them because they have him on a fully guaranteed contract and stuff. Yeah. So they got no choice in this matter unless they're going to cut him and have all that dead money. Like some yeah, other I don't teams. think they will. They gave up three first round picks for him. So I don't think they will. The Eagles is going to be a tough game for sure. That is though. of course going to be a tough game. Eagles. If, cause Eagles are going to continue to build with what, with what they capital that top they... 10 pick on top of what they're <laughs> doing right now is the first seed in the, in the uh, NFC right now. So that's just, yeah. that's crazy all around. So um, a lot of actually developing teams we're facing. So like, I would, I don't know if you want to say the Steelers, they're just winning, always winning hard, I guess. Mm. Another winning season for Mike Tomlin, but the Panthers as well. Like we will see a new different Panthers. They're going to either have a new quarterback or, or something. Uh, they're going to have a new there. coach. Cause I mean, Todd Wilkes hasn't been, he was the interim and we don't know if they're going to keep him. So, I mean, I saw that they uh, requested to interview Sean Payton as well, which, you know, pretty much every team besides the, the Colts have requested to interview Sean Payton. So it's kind of one of those things where um, Steve Wilkes, for the Steve oh Wilkes sorry for the Steve Wilkes I think mm-hmm. I got Steve Wilkes and Todd Bowles and I just fusioned them together fused but yeah um yeah so th- we're gonna have like some of those developing like it's gonna be a really good game with the Lions because that's like we were both nine and eight you know one yeah. you could always argue and debate like who should have went to the playoffs because some people were saying the Lions would have been a more exciting team to watch because of what they were doing to end off their season which they, they, they were coming in hot like I they will, were I will give y'all that I will give all the critics and stuff out there that us Seahawks we just happened to beat them earlier in the season <laughs> yeah and that's all it came down to yep so but, but going back to the the Niners game um 
No, you know, I'm taking you back. <laughs> taking you back. Well, we gotta go. We gotta get. We gotta talk about it at least because we we want to get to the good stuff, which is what oh, we yeah. look forward to coming the off season. Um, but with regards to offense, only things I wanted to touch on though is that it seemed like that we had that problem continuing where we were kind of in that three and out rut that we were in, like you know, towards the you know towards the end of the season. We had some good drives here and there, and you know, DK had a monster of a game. He had like 150 or no 136 yards on 10 catches and two TDs. Um, one of them came in garbage time, but still a TD. But I think you know, going back to like that game being close, it was close all the way through the third quarter, pretty much. But I think yeah. the game kind of ended once um, Gino had that late third quarter fumble in the red zone. Did in our red two? zone, cur- he had two fumbles, didn't he? Yeah, and I think that that one in the third quarter was just kind of like it just took a pin and just you know popped the bubble right because we were mm -hmm. you know staying toe to toe with the Niners is a good way of kind of sneaking out with a win, not letting the game get out of hand. And once that fumble happened in the red zone, because we we've talked about it time and time again, Uh, you can see the frustration in the offense too in the late half, uh, in the second half as well. And defense can defense can only do what they could do. (laughs) Yeah, you know so. I mean, yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So you know, the, the I imagine the defense was getting pretty frustrated as well. You know, having to spend so much time on the field, and that's what usually ends up happening in the fourth quarter. Is you know, if they if they end up spending you know so much time on the field, that's when the when you can see that they're running on fumes. Uh, do you think for the offense that we, I guess, through like the the evolution of the offense throughout this this whole season, right? We were very hot in the first half. But then the second half, um, you know, things fell apart for us, kind of how like this playoff game did for for us as well. Right. You think we went too simple on the offense towards the tail end of the year or those last few some games? Or what do you think of the offense, I guess, overall? That's a good question, because I was hoping it was a curse that we would we would end, which is we always like under like Russ's later years with the team. We always started off kind of red hot, you know, for the first half of the season. And then after the first half, we kind of taper off and it might come down to, you know, maybe there's enough, there's enough uh, game tape where the offense becomes predictable. They can't run the same type of sets that they want, but it seemed like from our perspective, we just had a change in, we had a change in our game plan that kind of took us away from what was giving us a lot of success, which was, you know, we can probably attribute that to the injury to Rashad Penny. And, you know, having losing that depth so that we we had to change the way we ran, we ran the ball. And, you know, we, Adams leaving on the defense, because, I mean, I know you yeah. and I both know they had schemes like they, they had that. They had Jamal Adams like right in the middle of every play in that game. You know, we know yeah. that for a fact. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ryan Neal came in and he did admirable. I mean, I think he was our highest rated P- player, according to PFF. So, you know, odds he are he's going to get back. a lot of them. He wants to come back, but, you know, if there's a good offer out there, you know, it's just one of those things. So. I, I wouldn't hold it against him, but I would but love for him to I continue. I think we're going to sign him back probably for a little bit higher only because knowing what happened with Jamal Adams, unless we're about to go get a strong safety out in free agency or the draft, which I highly doubt. Yeah. But regardless. I, I, given, like, what Pete has been saying, like, you know, in his tell-all, which is, you know, he, he, he wants a lot of emphasis on that defensive line. And, you know, Pete Carroll and John Schneider, they do have that, uh, they have that good, you know, they have, they're like, you know, two, two peas in a pod in that sense. They're, they're both on the same page. So Pete has a lot of trust in John Schneider when it comes to making these kind of deals and stuff like that. Pete will go out and say that these are the kind of players that are going to fit into our system, but he won't, Mike, he won't, you know, overstep into John Schneider's role in the organization. 
So as long as those two are on the same page, continue to be on the same page. And, you know, the fact that they're coming out now and saying that these are the things that we're concerned about, it's it's grounds to be confident as a fan moving forward because, you know, your concerns are going to they're going to try to, you know, fix the things that we've been concerned about all season. Mm-hmm. So, like, I guess since we've been kind of talking about the defense, because there's not much else to speak on the offense, um, you know, again, defense was there in the first half. We were actually keeping they were keeping us in there because our offense was actually, you know, going down the field. And, of course, got away from us in the second half because as everything starts to fall down, it's going to affect the defense eventually because you're going to get gassed. So that just brings me to my last few points of we are hurting at the D-line and the linebacker position. Uh, we had Tanner Muse and Cody Barton up in there. Um, you know, strong you know, strong way to end the season for those two, uh, especially what happened with Brooks and stuff like that. But we're definitely going to be on the lookout for a linebacker. Not too sure of, like, for instance, like of how we want to do things, right? Because a lot of people have been saying we have Nuosu at edge. So technically that would be Nuosu and Darrell Taylor. Boom. That's your two edges. And I was like, okay, I can I can see that. But Nuosu is it's like he they keep they keep putting him out in packages rather than like he's out there. I'm not saying you, you're out there for a majority of the game, but I just haven't seen that besides when he flashed on the you know, when he flashes and stuff like that with the speed. So uh, you know, we can look for D line and stuff like that, but uh Al Woods, I think we're going to probably try to help help him retire in Seattle because I don't think he wants to leave, especially at his age and stuff. But, um, yeah, uh, the last my last point is just that, um, for uh, again, so for everyone knows, with the Seahawks, we switched from a 4-3 cover 3 defense that Pete Carroll has been literally running since 1970. Kid you not. <laughs> um, that's an actual thing. And... Um, finally switched to something new the three four with clint hurt who he moved up from the d line i believe he was a d line coach previously okay and yeah moved up from d line to defensive coordinator have to helm this new defense put like put on him you can kind of tell that the defensive scheme throughout the season has been inconsistent obviously failing outright if not inconsistent and then of course like it has its strong moments but inconsistency is isn't uh will not help us and like the two things I personally believe that kind of builds up a defense is the talent and the scheme. And one thing we can do this offseason is go get that talent. The scheme part, it's going to have to be like an evolution kind of thing. But at the same time, I think the scheme is just going to that's going to take more time than it is to go and get talent. Do you think and, the do you think the scheme inconsistency in the scheme was a result of having, um, you know, square pegs for circle holes type of thing? You know where we didn't have the right players to to satisfy the scheme. That's why our scheme was inconsistent. Or I won't was it say that's like decision? that. I won't say that's the end all be all. Um, like that's the reason why our defense sucked. No, we uh, Pete Carroll even in like like you were saying with the ending season like press conference, he definitely said we were lacking talent, especially on that D line. He even made mention that like Puna Ford has been a three tech all season long. I think we need to put him back in nose tackle. We've been. Um, tiring him out over there even though he played a little bit less but i kind of see where pete's coming from basically he's saying change up that defensive scheme along the line if obviously besides the front seven really just look at that front seven and take a peek there um i think the bigger thing is just that we just didn't have the talent uh and and with the scheme being inconsistent like i said before uh that means that some of that new stuff for that three four defense might actually be very complicated and can get in the way of a player being great because if you remember, like from the Legion of Boom days, that defense was simple, as simple as it can get for 
the four three. We just had great talent, and the the scheme was so simple and standard. Not saying it was like you know predictable, and you you knew how to just like beat the Seahawks every week during that that era. It was just so simple that it never got in the way of them doing the play. Like if I told you just go straight, that's a you don't have to worry about zigzagging or nothing. Just go straight. <laughs> I'd, I'd add on to that that there was a lot of trust between the people that were that were on the field to do the jobs that they were expected to do to do. Because mm-hmm. even, you know, you're, you can, you can scheme up all you want, but when, when push comes to shove, you know, maybe a play is extended, you know, longer than it should be, you know, kind of like, a, and you, you kind of like what you have with like an elusive quarterback type of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Because when you, at, at least at the secondary level, you're only expected to cover a receiver for like, you know, maybe three or four seconds because, you know, you're, you, you, you would hope that the defensive line or your pass rush, you know, gets home at that point. But, you know, the, the thing with the, the Legion of Boom era is even, you know, that's not going to happen 100% of the time. You're never going to have pressure, you know, within three seconds every every snap. Mm-hmm. But if if um, if players in the secondary bit, you know, on, on a receiver doing his route, he could trust that there was someone behind him to cover his area of the field and without ever having to, you know, necessarily, like, communicate and that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. I think that's what they need to build up to is, you know the personnel on the on the on the field needs to to get trust in the scheme and trust in each other, and you know that's something that you can't force. It, it comes over time. Very true. Um, that camaraderie and stuff like that, and just like the team building and stuff, you got to do that. I feel like that's just like a almost an unspoken rule at this point. Because if your team can't gel together, we're not going to play together. Period. Right. So yep. at the very least, we don't, we're not losing the locker room. We don't have any locker room issues from. What I can see, I don't see any issues like against any players or anything like that. Besides the whole Russell Wilson debacle that happened post trade, but um, besides all of that, like I feel like this team is willing to fight for one another. It's just a matter of like let's get the let's hopefully get that defense back up because that's really what hurt us in that last half of the season more so than the offense. But like offense, whatever we were doing in that first half of the season, <laughs> literally yeah. like all those new formations and stuff like that. Let's get some more of that. Like bring some more college, like Shane Waldron, uh, open up your playbook some more, man. You know, if you can, cause uh, that's going to help out in the, in the long run, especially when eventually we're going to bring in like a younger quarterback down the line at some point. So whenever that happens, you know, if he's there, we'll be ready for that. But as long as we can evolve as a team, that's all that matters to me. Yeah. And as fans, we just, you know, all we can do is hope based off of the information that's given to us. And we have a lot of reason to hope. And I think that's the, I think that's the important thing for us moving forward. Um, but yeah, we pretty much touched on all the things regarding defense. Only thing I had was, like you said, you know, we we played pretty solid up until the fourth quarter. But you know, that's when we started showing we were gassed. That's when Debo had his seventy-four yard touchdown, mm-hmm. and kind of just was just like a like a the nail in the tough. coffin. That yeah. was a tough touchdown, right there. Like after that touchdown, how about I was like, "Ooh, yeah, it's tough." <laughs> yeah, and you know the other thing, I think even uh, I think Pete Carroll even said it too, which is a funny analogy. I don't understand it because I think it's way before my time. Was that you know we had trouble bringing down Brock Purdy, and they he said that he was so elusive he looked like Frank T- uh, Tankerton. I'm like, dang, that's an old reference. I got old Google reference. This. I don't get it. Like, I wasn't there. I have <laughs> you, could now... <laughs> tell, you could tell you've been playing football or, you know, in football for a long time. <laughs> right. That man's been in it for a hot minute, right? So, yeah. Anything yeah. else you got? No, let's uh, any. Let's look at some, you know, how do we how do we think about the team overall? You, you want to start? Um, I mean, overall, just I knew we weren't like a, a team ready for a deep playoff run. Um, I'm glad. I'm just proud of the team overall for making it to the playoffs. 
excited for the like basically excited for the offseason both free agency and draft because uh i'll talk about that in a little bit and i guess in our accolades section for what you know for what it's worth in the accolades on the offseason part but um pete did say that all the coaching staff is coming back although sean Desai was you know he was interviewing for some uh, defensive coordinator positions as he should because you know, did he interview for anyone besides the Browns? I haven't. Uh, heard I much. saw him in the running for the Browns, but definitely it might have been some other ones. But he was higher up for the Browns than the other the ones. ones yeah. yeah, so the ones that definitely kept on popping up from Twitter and stuff was just the Browns over and over again. But that's okay because like he was facing up against like Jim Schwartz and stuff like that, who was a past uh, defensive coordinator from uh, when the Eagles went to the uh, Super Bowl back in 2017. So. It's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Um, Sean Desai is still a good, you know, a good coach in his own right. He'll have he'll have his moment, whatever that moment is. I hope, you know, if Pete Carroll were to eventually, I don't know when Pete Carroll's going to retire. He's back. that man is timeless. He feeds timeless. off the blue, the blood of the youth or something. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm think I'm still going off of that little like uh, speculation of like maybe Sean Desai is like going to be up for the head coaching role. But again, if the opportunity presents itself, you go out there and get it right. So I'm. Um, kind of it hurts yet it's also it's like it's a it's the good bittersweet like it's sweet bitter because like oh he didn't get his defensive like his he didn't get his chance but at the same time we have him back again for like the secondary and all that type of stuff this upcoming season so and he's often credited for being the uh the reason where why our secondary kind of had like their little mini um revolution this kind of this kind of season compared to last season i mean you could obviously factor in um Tariq Woolen's presence on the left uh, at the left cornerback or the right cornerback position mm-hmm. but um you know it, it, I think that with, with regards to like that that you know I think that's why maybe Pete Carroll wants to like groom him to be his replacement because Pete Carroll's always been kind of the the guru for secondary you know secondary play as seen around the NFL and Seahawks but, are all they're all about being in-house like it's like it's like a family kind of thing so it's in-house that's why even Sean Desai who played for them previously is just back in there and stuff like that so um we'll see what happens I hope you know I hope something shakes up for him you know uh, yeah. down the line so for sure yeah I mean personally like you know <laughs> I hope he like you he's being groomed to be like the next head coach because that would be pretty that would pretty be dope. so awesome and I'm, I'm here for it Sean Desai for the new Seahawks head coach there because you, it's you, one you of heard his, it here it's <laughs> It's kind of rare, folks. <laughs> it's kind of rare that you have a person in your organization, at least at the coaching level, that's kind of held in high regards amongst mul- multiple organizations. Because mm-hmm. he he's been around a couple organizations in the league. I know Bears are the first one that come to mind. I can't remember other organizations, but you know, every everywhere he's gone, people have said good things. It's kind of like one of those things where everyone knows that Sean Desai is going to be a head coach one day, and it's just a matter of when. Yeah, matter of when. Um, yeah. You have anything else overall, I guess, for the team or you want yeah, to get like, on into the accolades? Yeah, I got a few. So, I mean, like, you know, with regards to like, like we said, you know, we came into the season. So with, with low expectations, not knowing what we had at quarterback, um, what kind of defense that we were going to play, um, how our rookies were going to do. Cause we're going to have, we had a lot of them, and, you know, we watched every, every Seahawks game this week. We knew what to expect coming into this, into this playoff matchup. So it's not like we were, um, let down as fans but you know like I said we have a lot of hope going into the next season like uh, I was reading one of the transcripts from from the post uh, from the uh, end of season press conference from Pete and like like we were saying he addressed that the front lines are exactly what needs to be addressed and you know every fan that need every fan that you know watches the Seahawks week in and week out 
we know that's where we struggled the most is that defensive line. And his exact words were he was calling out for guys that can, you know, do the stuff, run or pass to cause the problem. That was his quote. And yeah. that I think that's and you know he, he called out Aaron Donald, which is kind of like a uh, it's kind of a, a a a moot point because everybody knows how much of a monster Aaron Donald is. You could just say, yeah, I want Aaron Donald on my defense. Well, every defense will be good, but you know, he, he, with with regards to what he's trying to say is that he's looking for people that can he can put out there, run or pass that'll get to the guy that get to the quarterback, get to the running back, you know, disrupt the play, and um, allow the entire defense to work well as a unit. Um, he called out guys like Jordan Brooks, Tariq Woolen, Quandre Diggs as those guys that can do that. But, you know, none of those people are on the have their hands down on the defensive line. And so that's where that sounds uh, like a top pick kind of thing. Should some picks should be going to that uh, <laughs> defensive front be. seven, right? Yeah. And so um in in Pete in, in that same press conference, you know, Pete said, you know, we're just getting started. We have no reason to doubt him. We've seen how much, you know, how you know, we have we've fielded like five or six rookies and on, you know, 22 out of 22 players on defense and an offense. And we we kind of excelled in a lot of areas with with regards to that. So keeping the stability in the in the in the coaches room, like you were saying, all of our mm-hmm. coaches are coming back, having that talent there, having a lot of draft capital. We have nothing but a bright future in front of us if we continue to build. So, you know, we have all the hope in the world prayers out for that for that offseason because this offseason off is going to be very important uh for the seahawks so depending on what we do uh free agency versus draft and stuff like that so or both obviously both too so yeah yeah and that's that's all i had for overall so get into the accolades because i know you love your fine facts and accolades i only got one actual accolade which was we made it to the playoffs you know so a lot of people <laughs> slow again. clap please <laughs> <laughs> yep playoffs that's seahawks we did it (laughs) y'all um but uh which is really good again proud of the team love it love it all the time um some other ones like for the offseason coming up we got four picks in the top 52 for the draft which is those are really some some really good picks right there thank you broncos um but (laughs) that's right but but screw you broncos for having all of a sudden saying i want to be a football team in that last week that screwed us over that we Um, went from three to five in that right like yep that's good. That's kind of wild. Oh, and our other pick has now established at least one. At least we know. Yeah, twenty. Yeah. So now we have pick five and twenty, which is still high picks overall. It's just a matter of what we do with them. I've seen plenty of uh, mock drafts with uh, your trades and stuff like that. I think one in particular was at five. We trade down to the number nine with the Panthers, and the Panthers go get a QB, but we get like a flurry of picks, and then I guess we pick an edge or whoever's left at edge and de tackle at that point. But regardless. Uh, that's something interesting to think about. Um, oh, actually, you know that you know one. Yeah. While we're talking about the draft, yeah, one yeah. thing I noticed was that um, there is a kind of there's kind of a interesting story going around, which it, with, with regards to C.J. Stroud not still having not declared for the draft, and you know he is regarded as one of you know one of the top two with Bryce Young and quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll definitely shake things up come come the off or come the draft Ooh, that if he doesn't true. actually declare i, I f- he ha- but i thought he was going to declare my only thing is this um uh for a college player and i believe it's his junior season correct whether it's redshirt or not is his junior season correct i think so it's, i think it's his junior season yeah so as a junior whether you're a redshirt junior or you're actual junior junior and you actually have teams talking about getting you in the first round i'm not talking top five well 
obviously you can say if it's if it's top five or top ten, even more so. But if you're if you have a team saying we were trying to get you in the first round, you better go to that draft and get your money because yeah, you do not so- know what's going to happen in the college season next year. And we've seen plenty of examples where a lot of players that were like high, they were going to be high up, got injured, and they fell so low. And the the uh, the reason why I think he's held off for so long is because you know with with NIL money coming in in college and it just continuing to grow as it kind of settles down and as a uh, as a as a effect of you know being a college football player, I think mm-hmm. that's what he's kind of banking on is I mean, you know more NIL coming in for him next year and then true. You know, that's true, but at the same time, you you have more money up front it doesn't, with the it, NFL, though. Yeah, and that's the, I think that I think that's the exactly I think that's the <laughs> the point that a lot of people are missing is that if you're in that top you know three, you got a lot of money coming your way. For- <laughs> yeah, you got because I can see I can see Houston going Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, and if not, yeah. let's just say Houston takes you know Bryce Young, like a lot of people are saying they will. Okay, you still got the Colts, you still got the Raiders, like that's still top ten, and you're gonna get a like you're gonna get like a lot of money for it. it's in the millions for your sign on bonus besides your salary but your yeah. sign on bonus is like in the millions in the top 10 so i don't know what else to tell you i, I wouldn't just turn that down and be like i'm coming back for ohio i'm coming back ohio state <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah yeah it's very short-sighted if you continue to do that i mean i wouldn't yeah. say short-sighted i mean some people there are some people that you know i'm not going to go against that for them they just want to take another year and say hey i love what we got here we we almost you know we almost were that close to the natty I want to try to make another run. Oh yeah, if it comes down to that, then no argument whatsoever. If you're out there trying to, the trying only to thing win is it all. you're risking your body out there because you could have been taken in the top five. Are you top really 10. risking your body if you're a quarterback for Ohio State? I think that's the other the other he point. Got hit. He, he, got, he, he, he didn't got, get hit like he some didn't get other hit guy. Like yeah, we ain't talking like what happens in the NFL, but he's gotten hit and stuff. But you, that's the thing you don't know what's gonna happen. Some yeah, people, it's like a freak another thinking. good season to go up, but then boom, you got a leg injury or something. At that point, which happened to some quarterbacks in the past. I wish I had those examples on me right now, but the short of it is it's not going to help. You're, you're then going to fall out of like maybe the first half, if yeah. not the whole first round and then get picked up, be behind someone for a year or two to get your, your body right and stuff. But Hey, and a lot of, a own. lot of players that are coming into the draft that are at least highly touted, take insurance out against their own bodies. Like, you yeah, know, if they, you got to. And so like, could you imagine if that was just a thing that people did? Like, I need to insure my hands. If they get broken, I can't coach. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Like if that's what makes if what makes your money, especially if let's say an offensive lineman, it's really your whole body, if not your hands. If you wanted to put insurance on those parts of your body, if something were to happen, so be it. Because when you get injured and it's like a career-ending injury, not much money is actually coming your way. As we've seen even this season, like the the Bills didn't have to pay um demar what they did for him missing those uh, that game and stuff like that but they just said no we're gonna just fulfill our like no come on now no one expected him your heart to stop on the field let's just give you your money you were playing your heart you were, you're playing your heart out on the field man man oh man <laughs> little, a little poor choice of words there. <laughs> poor choice of words right there but you're, you know you're playing you're playing like all out on the field and stuff like that so they gave him that but in the contract they did not like it said you're not obligated to pay him Depending yeah. on what your contract says in terms of injury, so I mean, there's a human factor that goes into it, which you would l- hope that every organization tries to honor. That's why you got to be smart in who your agent is and get all that stuff. That's why, like all those little for contracts, when you get, enter as a rookie, that's why some sometimes that contract doesn't get signed immediately. They look at that contract, they say, "Hey, either they themselves do, or they say, hey, I got an agent for this.' Can't you know? That's why I pay you. <laughs> Can you go and take a look at that contract and see if there's anything weird in there saying like, oh, you know.'" They could just throw me away if I I say a bad word on this day. 
I kid you not, because they had the one weird clause for um Kyler Murray, like, hey, you got to do like four hours of mandatory study, and like, it's like, what is that implying that I don't study? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, I, I, that was that was an interesting story too, because I feel like, I mean, we 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 talked to Oliver about the cards all the time, and it was one of those things that kind of seemed like it was blown out of proportion. Of course, people are gonna meme it. they're going to meme it regardless because yeah. he's, he's out there on social media playing like Call of Duty and stuff like that. So people are just like, "Ooh, he plays too much Call of Duty," and then that just rolled into what the meme world took it to. Yeah, and you know, it's 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 like part of the fact of as part of the life of being a public figure, right? When you put everything out there, and you know, the results don't necessarily show the show that you're you're performing at what you should be performing at. People are going to meme you and all that stuff. People just meme you just for the sake of being mean, man. Like that's the thing about the internet. It's just like a it's a wild west. You don't know what's gonna pop up or happen. You don't know what meme's gonna be the meme. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, do you wanna be meme? I wanna be a meme, but then I'm like, ah, oh, they might make me a really mean I one. I choose not this is me for social media. There's a lot of people that be showing up as the main character when they get called out or something like that on Twitter and all that type of stuff. I'd rather be the side character in this case. Y'all got it. <laughs> yeah, y'all, y'all, that. y'all fight it. <laughs> like, you remember when we first started and uh, I was going ham on the Twitter because uh, the first game of the season we were playing you the Broncos. Was t- you was tight. You was very tight about like Russell Wilson for some odd Like you were just like you were in it, and there's nothing wrong with that. You didn't you didn't take it too far. You were just like, now look what I like that one you did the one tweet where it's just like, now look where this. Where do you think this ball is going to go <laughs> in this instance? <laughs> that was the yeah. big one right there. Yeah, and you know that's it's. I was what I was gonna say was that it's kind of like empowering not having your face on on your socials because then you're just like, all right, I can say things without worrying about it being attached to my face. But no, but, that you know, was actually that was a valid tweet though because like yeah. let's let's be honest, there was times when like Russell Wilson would have like some open stuff, but he chose not to throw it in the center and stuff like that. And it's like, come yeah. on, man. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it's a it was a uh, it's been fun. I'll just say that very um, fun, if you will. But, but yeah, any that's, other all I, act- that's all I have. That's all I have um, on my end for the accolades. Um, I mean, I know we got like the the rookie of the year stuff coming up. Like, so there's a lot of this is funny because we were just definitely like looking at this um, before recording of like how many NFL rookie of the year awards are there, and currently there is the um, what was it, the Pepsi what Pepsi Zero? Uh, no, yeah, Pepsi Zero. Uh, NFL Rookie of the Year award where you can just basically go online and vote uh, for your Rookie of the Year in that sense. And we have two we have two players from the Seahawks on there. Uh, our man K nine, it's a running back, y'all. We we have a running back with a thousand yards, Kenneth Walker, the the Kenneth Walker, well Kenneth Walker himself, and then of course uh, Tariq Woolen. And of course, you know, go ahead and just choose one of them. You you, you can't yeah, go this wrong. Yeah, this is this is our award in in the in the sense of fans. But yeah, we were looking this up, and we were like the there the, the traditional award that we've always seen is offensive and defensive rookie of the year, and I think right. the AP one was the one that we kind of settled yeah. on being like the main one, right? Yeah, so yeah, Associated Press um, rookie of the or offensive rookie, defensive rookie, and there's a there's like two or three other rookie of the year awards, and I was just like, I give up. <laughs> yeah, K nine. So with regards to the uh, AP one, I think Vegas has K nine being the the leader at offensive rookie of the year with Garrett Wilson behind him. Which really? is you know that's that'd be, awesome. That'd be dope if he won it. And I, I th- it. and on defensive side, I think they had Tariq at, at the second odds-on favorite to win it behind oh, Sauce Gardner. Yeah, because so- like the thing with that one is like I'm not you know talking down on Sauce. He you know because him and Tariq Woolen when they were both on the field, they were both like a you know like Tariq was actually telling him like we're the future, man. It's it's us. We're the future now coming in. 
we got to prove like for people coming behind us and stuff like that. And on, you know, on some real shit, right? This one, like they are both solid at corner. Like if I had both of them at corner one, like, at left and right Could you side, imagine the Jets had the opportunity to draft both because Tariq went in the fifth, like <laughs> any, any team could have took it. It's a, it's one of those crapshoot things where like you got to just see what you see. What do you think you need? And I know with Pete Carroll and how we draft corners, he likes the tall, lengthy corners. That the um, who was it? Uh, I forgot who like who's like our typical archetype that we go to from the Legion of Boom. No, it's a uh, Sherman. Sherman. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sherm himself. Like we, <laughs> if we can get another Sherm, hey, we're we're gonna be good, right? So like the tall, long armed, uh, four three if possible. Like basically <laughs> the athletic corner that's yep. tall and lanky and that can get to where they need to get to. And basically all the things able, that Pete can't teach you. Basically, like have all of those athletic, just have all those athletic the athletic ability and stuff like that. Which, um, you know, I, it depends on what happened at the Senior Bowl, who they seen because they they uh, they tend to favor like our front office tends to favor what happens at the Senior Bowl, and we draft those up higher compared to some other talents that you know might deserve uh, the look, right? So we'll mm-hmm. see what happens in that case, but. Um, uh, sauce regardless he's really good not a lot of like footballs were thrown his way he only had a lot of like one touchdown this whole season which is crazy especially like with the jets because who was uh their previous island on the jets darrell revis bam because everyone was basically saying darrell revis 2.0 right so mm. we'll see how that goes and hopefully and of course Tariq Woolen is just like i don't know have a nickname for him yet but i love the shadow that's yeah. when I, I i picked up either shadow or the shadow but regardless, um, hopefully we can get like if we could take both rookie of the year, that'll be cool. Yeah, that'll I mean be cool. that'd be if, if, that'll just add fuel to the, the to the fire for us as fans because like we say, we got hope. And the fact that one of the things that 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 really stuck out from Pete's post uh, postseason conference mm-hmm. uh, was that he he put Tariq Woolen in the same group as like Quandre Diggs and Jordan Brooks. Um, you know, which you know tells us that he's already firm in the organization, like he has. Like, you know, he's already up there with Quandre, who, you know, he struggled a little bit this season, but, you know, he's coming off that, I think, broken ankle or mm-hmm. I think it was torn Achilles. I can't remember. It was some lower, lower he was leg still injury. Saying he wasn't fully himself this season, but he was still playing really well. Yeah. And the fact that Tariq was up there as like, you know, in the in the same breath as veterans like that, like, mm-hmm. you know, that's we got nothing but, you know, blue skies ahead of us in that aspect. That's why some people apparently see us like at number 20. Uh, drafting a corner and i'm like i mean i get it because some people don't think mike jackson is the truth at the other side but you know to each their own on that one i don't think i just feel like we need to focus on that front seven at the very least and then see what we can see at corner uh, later in the draft uh, especially those first two picks have to just be the d line the d line and the linebackers that's just me that's where i'm going with those two picks if you if we pick a quarterback well just fire up the press right because <laughs> yeah. that's gonna be the talk of the town but um, that kind of goes into like my extra bits for Seahawks right now, right? And one thing I did see pop up over the week was, you know, should we? Uh, I got a question for you, man. Like, should we even sign Gino? You know, let, you know, let's just say he he we let him, we allow him to go out because this is his moment to get that money. You know, there's teams out there that need a quarterback. But what if we what if we didn't sign him and just sign Drew Locke and like maybe say like what twenty million or so on the for uh, the cap space for the uh, free agency and just ramp up the defense even more. So what do you think of that? That's a good question. And I think it kind of comes down to the talent out there that's available. Like maybe start from there. 
if you're looking at free agency and you see a lot of players that you want to go after and you know you don't have necessarily the cap room to, to go after them mm-hmm. then you start looking at all right who do we cut and you know the name other names i've seen thrown around or cut or you know not give a contract to mm-hmm. and the other names i've seen around are like the guys we've gotten from the broncos like noah fant or shelby harris because they're on larger contracts and other players. Shelby, on the I can team. see Shelby Harris going. I ain't going to lie to you, but I don't know where that's going to go, but I know we're going to keep Noah Fant because they love their tight ends. And of course, <laughs> I Will love Disley, that package dude. Right. And Will Disley right now, they're seeing if he needs to even have surgery right now. They're going to wait a few months to see if it heals on its own with his little injuries, but it's a weird say. one, right? He has like some, he has some issues with like nerve endings in his knees or something like that in his knee. Yeah, or something a lot like of that. those weird yeah, you know, with him, it's definitely serious because he had several like leg injuries in his mm. career on both legs. So keeping Noah Fan is a must because Noah Fan, we just didn't we did, if we wanted to, we could have been we could have been throwing the ball Noah Fan like most of the season if we had to. He would have had like a good close to if not at a thousand yards and all that type of stuff. So just yeah, saying. and you know we've seen like what we've seen out of Colby Parkinson, and no, he's an absolute solid tight end as well. But they do like their three tight end packages, and having depth in that area is important to the run game. So they might you know need to to look at it from from that perspective. But for with regards to like Gino, I don't see him being the one of the first ones cut, but I do see that as a possibility, given how he kind of struggled towards the end of the season. But you know, given that we've already had we're at the end of the season, you know, no one has to cover for anyone. Mm-hmm. Pete came out and said that Gino's our guy. The organization, I think John Schneider has come out and said that that Gino's our guy. Gino himself has come out and said, you know, Seahawks had faith in me when no one else did. I'm I'm Seahawks through and through. And if they can agree to a number that you know works for everybody, then I don't see them cutting him because already, already when it comes to an organization, they already allocate a certain amount of their money to a quarterback in terms of like, all right, we can't even though we have. We have $50 million of cap space. Maybe that's why we're number five, because we don't have a quarterback salary on the books. Basically. But, th- but they know that that money is going to go somewhere anyways. Thank you, Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Broncos. That's literally where that, that's why we have that much cap space, because I think Russ would have took like 35 or if not 40 of it. So, Well, given his new deal, isn't, he, isn't it like 50? Oh yeah, we ain't talking about the we ain't talking about the Broncos doing over there, man. They they can handle that. That's them. Yeah, now. that's their that's, pro- their that's problem. a that's a them issue, not an us issue. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. To answer your question, I don't see Gino. Like I see the situation working out for all parties, and you know, continuing with Gino as that bridge quarterback, and you know, continuing to let Drew Lock, you know, continuing with Drew Lock as the backup quarterback. That's a, that's a bit of an interesting question too. Because I can see them continuing. Obviously, they saw something in Drew Locke when they wanted him included in the trade deal, or else they could have included like maybe a different I, I player. I feel like you have to get that though when you're trading your franchise quarterback. It's kind of like a here's our quarterback, just so you have something to work with. And of course, they knew they had Gino, but let's just be honest. What if Gino got injured? That's also yeah. why we took, um, you know, him in that in that trade. And so, like, if you're ever trading your franchise, at least get whoever their starter is to like compensate something. Obviously, it's not going to be your go-to guy. Maybe depending. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, everyone's different in that regard. So I, that's why I saw the Drew Locke being added into the deal. Uh, maybe could have had a more another pick. But at the same time, I think we're good. Gina was healthy throughout the season. Um, you know, he had his he got sacked here and there. But like the O-line did what they did compared to, you know, with Russ and stuff. Although Russ yeah, is running around. I, I actually don't have the numbers. I was kind of curious. Well, it's not really a fair comparison because obviously different personnel on the offensive line. But, you know, there is I think there is a way of, of tracking stats with sacks. Uh, that are on the quarterback, you know, the yeah. quarterback's fault. And I just I haven't looked it up. I think I forgot the team that was number was number 
the last, I think it was either Colts or not the Giants. It was some team that was like nine and eight. It might have even been the Lions too. Like they had like a, a high quarterback pressure on them or high quarterback sacks and stuff like that. Someone took the trophy. It wasn't us this year. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I'm trying to say. So uh, so I wonder if this uh, this is from Steve P- uh, Palazzolo from uh, PFF. Mm-hmm. Said that, uh, oh, no, this is 2021, but it's not, it's not necessarily a fair comparison. But it's there, you know, though. It's definitely there, though. Um, yeah, it's just not easily, it's not easy to look up. I think they're going to, they, they still haven't come out with it yet. But, yeah, you know, last right. season, Russ had six of his sacks attributed to him, and I think he was sacked like, you know, 30 plus, 40 plus times. So, yeah, we weren't up there this year, which is really good. That's a, that's an improvement for me. Like, we've made so many improvements elsewhere while also, like, kind of like, man, like the defense, even still, come on. But, like, defense, for all its faults this year, that still showed better flashes than when we were, when we were running four three, yeah. And that, I think I think that's it. It was a it was a pill we were going to have to swallow eventually with regards to our defense, you know, to continue to evolve. And you know, we just chose to line it up. Which at, there's no time to be, uh, better to line it up with than when you're transitioning from a franchise quarterback to whatever your your new situation is on offense. So right. And then I mean, with that new situation now, right? That's also kind of going into like what should we address obviously the draft you want to address everything but like what should we address immediately with free agency as that starts in march um with, if there's any if there yeah. i i value uh experience on the offensive line it's things mm-hmm. that we've seen like organizations like um the steelers used for a lot of to to be successful for a long period of time mm-hmm. um, we saw a lot of money spent by the Bengals last season on the offensive line um, to bring in veteran players, I I think you know if players are getting cut, you know because you know once the off season is in full swing after the Super Bowl, a lot of players will be hitting the chopping board. And so if we can spend some money there in terms of free agency, I think mm-hmm. that'll having that veteran center is extremely valuable in terms of making the um, younger players around them a little bit better. Because you've played center, you know how important it is to yeah. to to communicate to have good communication skills. And to be able to read, you know, defensive schemes, call it out and, you know, make sure that your entire unit is on the same page. Yeah, um, I'm definitely going to say right now that there's not going to really be a I'm looking at the free agency page on uh, on OT on over the over the cap. cap. So there's only like there's definitely like one player that's had 100 percent of the snaps. And that was Connor McGovern from the Jets, although I feel like they may or may not re-sign him. So after that, it's Austin Blythe, who we had at our center. We know we're not going back to because we, or I don't know, unless we sign into like a, a, a team-friendly deal while also looking for a better option in the draft. There's not many options in terms of from what I can see in free agency. It's pretty much like everyone kind of like they're keeping their good offensive linemen to themselves. Yeah, everybody knows how valuable they are except for mm-hmm. the fans because the, just because offensive linemen don't score touchdowns unless you're <laughs> unless you're uh, you're unless you're um... Matt Vrabel, because I think he had six career receptions for the the Patriots, or might have been something like ridiculous, like twelve. Yeah, and he had twelve Ooh. touchdowns or six touchdowns or something like that. Oh wow, yeah. So you know, uh, until unless you're an offensive lineman like that, people don't know how good you are. But every organization does. But if yeah. that's why I said if there if there are people that have big contracts contracts that are on the on the on the chopping board, you know. Maybe we can swoop in and swoop it's, in. And- it's one of those where it's like it's not looking good in free agency for center. I'm not looking everywhere else, but there's a a number. I get if anything, you can go and look for tackles, but we only need guards. So that's why I was also looking at like right guards, but there's not much either. There's also a, 
There's also the option. I, I remember when Damian Lewis was a rookie, we played him at right guard. And when we signed Gabe Jackson, we moved him to left guard to accommodate having both game, Gabe Jackson and Damian Lewis on the field. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, there was a significant drop off, at least from my eye, in terms of you know how he was playing on the left side. He hasn't necessarily, I wouldn't even say he's gotten back to the same level he was as a rookie at the right guard position. Mm-hmm. So there, there is there is the situation where we can move him back to right guard and find a talent at the left guard position, you know, if, it, if it's, it's, it's there just as well. when you just when, That's why they always just say offensive guard in the draft and stuff like that. So take your top pick, whoever you can get in the guard at, at guard. And obviously whoever I am, that's a guard. If I played right guard, you asked me to play left guard for money. I am. I'm playing left guard, I guess. It's mm-hmm. just one of those things. Um, funny enough. Yeah. I don't know if you remember the center will clap from the chargers. He's up for, <laughs> he's up for, a, um, a contract the only do we reason- do it to, do we do it to them again <laughs> we, <laughs> it's we'll funny take- only, reason, only reason why i mentioned will clap is because i've seen his name in memes unfortunately mm-hmm. so like um but besides that i don't know if um that's the thing i haven't watched will clap personally to say like oh yeah that's a good center let's go get him put him in we're good ethan potzik from the browns is up you know but he used to play for us i know (laughs) (laughs) Um, i feel like something like a friend some type of team friendly like center you're gonna probably see like a team friendly center free agency acquire i think we're gonna see maybe one for the guard as well because why spend draft capital on that when we're trying to like rebuild this defense right so we'll see what happens with that but um Elsewhere, I think there's some other stuff. Like, I think potentially we can go get like a couple of like in inner defensive linemen. Uh, Fletcher Cox, well, his his type, he has a void contract, so we'll see how that one and Javen Hargrave as well. Um, but I think those are just two are voided. We'll see how those work out. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson is like a top one. David Onyemata from the Saints is another, although 31. Um, that's about it though. Uh, and of course, Puna four, which I feel like we need to get, keep Puna four, but put him at nose tackle and then figure out who our defensive end uh, defensive ends should be in this case. Um, yeah, uh, out, but not, not, not defensive the edge, ends or defensive ends. tackles, you know, depending on how wide they play and that kind of yeah, thing. But, but yeah, you, you know. you've touched on it a lot, too, which was the, the defensive line definitely needs work. Pete says the defensive line needs to work. It's just about what's available at free agency versus a draft that we need to. Uh, that we, yeah, we can I, hope, fill in. I hope I just hope we don't do the whole typical like, oh, my, oh, my Clowney's also going to be up for a contract. Not too, again. We're not doing this again. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the short of it is I just feel like I don't want to keep on. This is what this is what we've been doing. Um, this is what we've, just, we've been doing all these years on the Seahawks. We always just keep getting the vets free agents for the D line. We never just say like, hey, let's go and just draft somebody. Right. Well, you know, Darrell Taylor, we drafted uh, Bruce Irvin, but like Bruce Irvin was a long time ago, though. Frank Clark. Know? And then once it t- came time to pay him, we we traded him. Okay, but that's because we still had Russ and we had to figure out where to get the money. Right. So we just yeah. trade him anyway. So regardless, uh, we'll see what happens in the free agency. Um, and then final little bit of news for the Seahawks is just that uh, we signed about a, a chunk of players to the reserve future contracts. And for those that just do not know what a reserve a future contract is, that's basically a contract you offer a non-active player, so that ones on that are on your practice squad, and you want them back for the next year. That's kind of all it is. So we signed some players you may not have heard of, like uh, offensive lineman Greg Elan, linebacker Chris Garrett, D tackle Jared Hewitt, which I think some people remember that when we were kind of acquiring a lot of D tackles when our depth was starting to become messed up. Um, the center. Uh, Joey Hunt, so keep an eye out on him. See if he might actually get pulled up to the active roster next year. Wide receiver Kate Johnson, tackle Jalen McKenzie, cornerback Chris Steele, 
running back uh, Darwin Thompson, and uh, last two are Tacoma native wide receiver Connor Weddington and ex uh, Washington State re- uh, University receiver Aesop Winston Jr. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, and they're they've been. I think the, a few of those names have been around even in this previous offseason, so mm-hmm. the, in, in training camp and stuff. So hopefully, you know, they some of the, you know we've been pretty good at finding dogs in there. You know, finding dogs out of the dogs. undrafted room, their training camp, or you know, like you know those guys that were pretty much written off. So hopefully, you know, one of those guys can kind of pop up out of out of this upcoming off season and just continue to add to the riches. Yeah. So I mean, at the end of the day, um, we I think that's pretty much it. All I have to say on the Seahawks. Congratulations, you know, to again to the Seahawks for making it to the playoffs. Um, we have dogs. We're in it to win it, and that's all I got. We're just getting started. Yep. And all right. Let, all right. Let, let's go around the league, buddy. Uh, we've already talked about a few of these points, but we can just go through them really quick and mm-hmm. uh, just reiterate a couple of things. Uh, so first story up, we had Browns hire Jim Schwartz over uh, Sean Desai at uh, defensive coordinator. We talked about this a little bit already, but run me through your thoughts, Adam. Yeah, Jim Schwartz, uh, for those that don't, uh, I said it before, he was the defensive coordinator when the Eagles went to the Super Bowl in 2017. So the Browns would have got they would have got either or with Jim. I think I forgot who else was in the running because it was it was Sean Desai, Jim Schwartz, and it was someone else. I forgot the, the forget the name, but regardless, it would either one would have been a great option for the Browns in this case. But um, we'll see what happens with the Browns going forward because they just fell off the radar this season. So that's all I have. A lot of people thought that their defense was probably underperforming, and I think that's why they they went to make a, a change at the defensive coordinator. Yeah. Um, uh, position but you know jim schwartz is coming off i think he was on the Titans staff and i think he was fired as part of like that you know cleaning house of uh that mike Vrabel did for that organization yeah. mike Vrabel had no choice but to do that because after you all got, of you, these you need a fresh start you know you it's one of those to. it's basically it's like after this fresh start it, he can be on the hot seat next season i can see him on the hot seat yeah and um you know so depending on how you thought the titans defense played it's kind of 50 50 it's kind of hard to say, like, because a lot of those players on defense, besides, you know, um, uh, who's the safety's name and I'm blanking on right now. Oh, uh, uh, is it not Justin Simmons? Because that's for the Broncos. Broncos. <laughs> that was the first name I thought of, too. Actually. Yeah, but that, that, it's one of those. Um, Here, no, I got you. I got you. Yeah, but, you know, they also had guys like Bud Dupree that were hurt. Mm-hmm. And, um, they, they did have a Simmons on, I, I think, not Isaiah Simmons. They had a Simmons on the D-line as well, but I can't remember him. Yeah, a got- lot of injuries in that in that that on that side of the field. So take it for what you want. They still mm-hmm. did okay on mm-hmm. defense, but, you know, it's um, he does have the fact that he uh, he does have a Super Bowl ring, so you can't take that away from him. Yeah, they have uh, Kevin uh, Kevin Byard, free safety. Yeah, and then yeah Amani, Byard, that's who I was thinking Yeah, of. and then Mamani Hooker at strong safety. Okay. Yeah, and so yeah, Bayard is the one I was thinking about. Who's mm-hmm. kind of always just one of those like really solid safeties, but um, other do you what know. you can with that defense. With honestly, let's be frank though, that offense killed that defense in a lot of those games too. Yeah, you and it, it's Willis in. It's kind of the same situation with us, right? Like you know, the defense on for for the Titans was on the field for long periods of time. They didn't have a healthy yeah. Derrick Henry. Their their um, quarterback position was also up in the air because Ryan Tannehill was was hurt for extended periods of time throughout the season. So mm-hmm. they haven't had really stability. They really haven't had stability on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, but we'll see what happens with the Browns. Yeah, and next bit up, we have Chargers fire their offensive coordinator and quarterback coach Joe Lombardi. Um, obviously, Chargers had one of the you know one of the biggest collapses this weekend. Um, yep. What are your yep. thoughts on on the firing? Um, 
it's pretty much i mean like i think everyone like because a lot of people were calling for like brand uh brand staley's like job if they weren't going to win this but you have to also take into what he's done over his years expect when he started in 2020 and of course this was like the year like they didn't make it last year because brandon staley had some of those because the thing about uh the head coaching position it's not just maximizing the players you have on your whole team it's also those in-game de- uh, decision makings that you have to do. And Brandon and Staley himself, he uh, he um had some question, very questionable decisions. That like, for instance, with the Raiders last year, like all they had to do was tie; they could both go to the playoffs. But he was just took a timeout and all this other stuff, messed it up, um, got themselves kicked out of the playoffs because of it. Yeah. Um, kind of similar this season with some uh, like certain things, especially I think like in the later half as well. But um, again, they made it to the playoffs they were in and stuff. And a lot of the team has actually been backing him up. And my thing is, he'll, he's going to be one of those coaches along with Mike Brable that's on the hot seat after you kind of like clear out, I guess in this case, like scapegoating. I, I, you know, in this case, I just feel like they had to do something though because uh, the offensive side of things, it extends from uh, the head coaching position. But then, of course, your first person that you can let go is offensive coordinator. Yeah, I mean, we saw, we, we saw Frank Wright should do it for. Uh for the Indianapolis Colts as well. But more like you said, more like most likely Brand or uh, Joe Lombardi was was scapegoated in this situation. Like Joe Lombardi didn't tell Brandon, you know, or uh, uh, Brandon Staley to uh you know field his entire first team in week 18. Yeah, that's one of but, those decisions as a head coach is like why? Yeah, why'd you do that? And <laughs> then you lost know, Mike Williams for the playoffs, even though like not saying Mike Williams would have been like the reason why the Chargers would have won, but still he's one of your best players on offense. You kind of, it's just one of those things that like you want to have all your best players on the field come playoff time. Right. And, you know, it just, you know, adding to like what you were saying about what they did last year in week 17 um, and how they, they, all they needed to do was tie and they could have made it to the playoffs. And then the Raiders were going for a tie and they were just looking at the charges. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. What are you doing? And then Raiders were like, fuck this. We're going to win it. (laughs) Right. Um, the other thing to note, to note about the Chargers is that if you if you actually watch them this season, they don't have a they don't have a wide receiver that can threaten a defense vertically. They always other throw, than Mike Williams. Mike Williams isn't even one of that right receiver. I mean, I know he had those deep catches, but he's not the receiver that will stretch a defense with speed and stuff like that. He's more of like a I'm not saying a red zone threat. It's more of like if you have Keenan uh, Keenan Allen as like your route runner and stuff like that because he's not as fast. He's like your, he's more of like your, I'm your route runner, but you need like that deep threat to like, you know, make a defense, not put everyone in the box every single time because Austin Eckler, his rushing season was not as good as you think. He had obviously um, the receptions and the yards and stuff like that. But if you actually, he only had like two games where he went over a hundred yards, but every yeah, other game was he like, just, <laughs> he just, he just stat pads with touchdowns. That's why people loved him in fantasy. Right. Oh yeah. I, I definitely did. Yeah. Number one, <laughs> number one running back in fantasy, <clears throat> you know? So it's the only thing is like, they need uh, that. Whoever's the offensive coordinator comes in, they need to actually bring that offense. Maybe not like have Staley kind of like push whatever he wants to push for that offense. Cause they need to stretch the ball down the field. Herbert is, is like, you're basically like wasting Herbert's like rookie years before that big contract comes, which is, next year by the way which is also like the that's like the prove it year for herbert but like herbert's already proved enough it's just Mm -hmm. that before that big contract comes you gotta do something with it right so yeah we'll see what's gonna happen with this firing hopefully a guy comes in that'll help protect herbert because we don't want him to fall to andrew luck career path where he just gets hit a lot and then his career ends short 
they've been protecting him pretty decently this season. Like, oh my gosh, it just reminds me of last season. Oh no, does it this yeah, he was season? Playing, he was playing with broken ribs this season. That he? was this season. It's been a long season. It's man. been a long season. <laughs> he did have the bro- yeah, he had the broken ribs, but I don't think that was an issue of like, oh, we just don't protect our quarterback. That's a char- That's a Chicago Bears issue right there. But um, it's just one of those like random injuries that can happen to anyone on the field, right? So um, yeah. Yeah, but and, you anyway, know, we'll see what happens with the Chargers going forward. But um, yeah, anything else you, you had on them? Yeah, just you know, the the joke was that you know Brandon Staley didn't even make it back to the locker room after that game. But guys like Herbert Bosa, Derwin James Jr., your leaders on defense, they all voice their support for for uh, Brandon Staley. So you know, hopefully, if you're a Chargers fan, you know it's gonna hurt. Obviously, he had a 27 point lead, but it's um, the, the the there's the same the everybody's on the same page when it comes to um, what the team needs to do. So, and I also, uh, yeah. I also wrote them down by the way, as like more of a fixable mess. Like, it's not like you have to do a full rebuild. It's like, you know, get a few pieces here and there and you can, you can actually make some, you can actually be a threat in like the playoffs and stuff like that. Especially you need, you definitely need to kind of do an offensive mindset or offensive scheme change. Like how we need to do a defensive scheme change uh, in terms of like updating it. But for them, they need to change up that whole scheme, whatever they got going. They got to start like putting the ball down the field and stuff because they did. They were like trying to remember. I think Herbert in one stat, he was like 28, if not 29, in terms of like the yards. Uh, not a, I think either yards, Yard, it's yards per attempt because yeah. he they threw the ball so damn much, but they didn't really show check much. Downs. It was all check downs and all that type of stuff, if yeah. not um, certain routes. Like there's literally route trees where they had where it's not even like no streaks, <laughs> none of that, yeah. like nothing good. Like they, they don't really have a speed wide receiver. So yeah. I feel like they need to go and find someone that can be almost anybody. They can find a free agency. So we'll see. Yeah. Next up, we had uh, one of the hot head coaching candidate names that is being thrown around this year, Jim Harbaugh. He's returning to Michigan next year. Um, that's one name out of the hat, you know, for a lot of these, the, 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 a lot of these openings, um, current openings right now are cards, Colts, Broncos, Panthers, and I'm forgetting one. So Houston already? Houston, yeah, Houston as well. That was the yeah. one I was missing. That was like the main one, my man. Yeah, that was <laughs> the main one. Good. And so he, you know, there were a lot of, uh, his name's taken out of the race for, you know, all yeah. those head coaching opportunities. What do you think about that? I mean, that's his alma mater. He's, you know, he's comfortable in Michigan. I feel like like Michigan is like they were pretty close. I think I don't know if they were in the they weren't in the final four, but they were close to being in the final four, if I remember correctly, um, for the playoffs. So I feel like No, they, they were, were in the final four. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. I think they lost to TCU. Yes. Yes, they did. And okay, now I'm remembering. Yeah, it's coming back to me. So they you know what I'm saying? Like they were in the in the final four and like I know he loves Michigan a lot. Uh, I think there was even like that Amazon um, what's the Amazon show where they actually like go and follow like the college football, like head coach and like their whole oh, season. It's like, uh, uh, it's not, not it's hard like knocks the, obviously, but it's, it's like, like hard knocks, but I'm trying to remember. It's like uh last, it's not last man. You it's something else. I can't remember. No, but yeah, yeah, last chance. You was like another one, which last was really you. good. But um, I forgot like that specific like, Amazon show for that. But like, you know, they, they did one with him in Michigan. He was just like, he was always in it from the off season all the way, you know, to the postseason and stuff like that. I just think that like, why not, why move up and then have to worry about like, if he has to move across states, you have to also remember, it's not like he's, you know, he's not going to go to Detroit lions or anything like that. Right. He has to move <laughs> out of state for that. Um, and then of course you have like the, it's very crazy as a head coach in the NFL. I don't even know how long or what kind of contract he would get, but it's one of those things where like, if he's not successful, then those first 
two, three seasons, they'll probably give him like a season. Like, okay, we can, we can scratch that season, but next season, but they give him like two or three seasons and you're gone. And then it's like, yeah. Oh, I'm not, now I have no job. He'll probably just go back to Michigan maybe or something. I mean, you know? head coaching in the NFL is not easy. That I mean, you could see Cliff just booked a one-way ticket to Thailand. So, but um, <laughs> you know, I think what it comes down to is college football coaches have it way too good in terms of like how they're treated. Like we've talked about it. They're basically like, if you're, if you're the, if you're the, the head coach for your, for your state's like, you know, best team, like, you know, if you're head coach for Alabama or Georgia or University of Washington or Oregon, you're basically like governor. <laughs> that's like a, hey, it's Michigan, like an elected Michigan position. state is a whole rivalry over there. That's a, they, yeah. they got some pro they, they have some fighting words for you with that one. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But in terms of like, you know, the power that these guys have mm-hmm. in, you know, in, in their, in their respective regions, you know, it's kind of wild when you think about it. And so, you know, I'm kind of surprised. I mean, nothing says it more than like how many chances Jim Harbaugh has gotten at Michigan. Because he's been there for like, you know, at least 10 years. They've just been very successful overall for his tenure over there. They've just been either they've been in multiple postseason. I don't know. I don't think they got in a national championship with him there. No, I think this is the furthest they've ever been. Right. So, you know, and it took 10 years for him to get it took him 10 years to get there. So, you know, if you're Jim Harbaugh and you have, you know, you have that kind of that sense of security, then, you know, it's probably better off that you're staying in the in, in the college landscape. Yeah, I'm, I'm just checking their like records over the years. I just want to see what they got. But regardless, you know, at the end of the day, I wouldn't. Exp- oh yeah, they went 13 and one too. So it's just one of those things. That yeah, was- and that one was I think that one was TCU. Yeah, that one was TCU. Wow, yeah. 13 and one, 12 and two. Obviously, 2020 is kind of like that that outlier Weird year. year. Yeah, 2019 was like it wasn't his worst year. I think his worst year was back in. 2017 when they went eight and five but like he's they've been to bowl games almost every single season uh for jim harbaugh although they have not been they have not won their bowl games they've been losing uh six straight actually the last bowl game they won was the citrus bowl back in 2015 yeah that's what i was gonna say is that you know he gets them there but he can't get the job done kind of thing yeah so it's just one of those things right but it's like they just love him that much because Hey, I'm giving you these wins. We just something ain't working at the bowl game. <laughs> yeah, and so you could tell, like you know, in like a, if you're an NFL organization, there's a lot of money on the line. You know, three years and you're out. Jim Harbaugh's gotten ten, so or less, depending Somewhere on less. Kind of- <laughs> <laughs> that is very fair, Nathaniel Hackett. Thanks, Broncos. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. But, but anyhow, you know, yeah, yeah. but uh, you know, it's probably good for him. If it's good for Michigan, that's up for debate. You know, a program like Michigan, they expect to be contending with the the georgias and the alabamas and stuff like that this was the first year in a long time that they actually got to that point so maybe they they're confident in the direction they're heading but mm-hmm. you know it'll, only time will tell hopefully Next, they got most of that talent there so yeah and i think that's a harder bit about college too is you just got so much term turnover in, ter- in terms of talent that's why mm-hmm. like we were saying last week it's so impressive that georgia went back to back that's true very true but next up we had uh cardinals hiring the cardinals have hired ex-Pats scout Monty Ozenfort as a GM. Yeah. What are your thoughts their, on that? Yeah, they got their GM first. I knew that they had to um, in that case. I thought, um, I'm trying to think here. Um, I don't know if it was this team or another team uh, that, you know, they, like the Cardinals, I don't know if the Cardinals were in it for like Sean Payton, for, uh, for instance. And I don't know if this one was the one where it's like, you just got a GM before you even brought me in because I would have liked to, who I wanted and all that type of stuff. I think that was another team. Regardless, they got their GM. I just want to see who their head coach is going to be next. 
and they're now in that weird rebuild state where like you're paying your quarterback top dollar but like that also means you don't have as much money as you would like for free i think this is like their right now this is like the most they'll ever get in their free agency unless they let other people go going forward so it's just a matter of like who you can get who you can draft so yeah and you know austin for you know most people when execs are hired and stuff like that they don't really know the name that's being thrown around unless mm-hmm. it's like a former player but, you know, Ozenfort, he came in, and one of the first things he said was, ego will not be tolerated, which if you're a Cardinals fan where, you know, you're dealing with egos with Kyler and, you know, Cliff probably, and maybe at the GM position at Will as well, he wants to he wants to ensure that the right culture is in place. And, you know, that sounds like he's trying to bring something of a bit of a, a, a Patriot way. That's, to, what, I was, that's what I was getting because I, I wanted to know if, like, he said that, and I'm like, was this, like, a little shot at um... – was this a shot at, you know, Kyler Murray after what happened this past year? Because it's not like Kyler Murray was like an issue because I would have stood up if my contract said you have to have mandatory study hours. Like, what am I, a kid? Like, oh, <laughs> I mean, like I'm, yeah, not, I'm talking it, about the other stuff, but like because Cliff and Kyler just weren't working out yeah. that, as a head from head coach to player. That's, that's what I was going to say is I think that's where it came in, which was, you know, you had the ego of Cliff, you have an ego from Kyler, but you kind of not saying egos are necessarily a bad thing, but. Um, you kind of need oh, that. Yeah. Egos you don't know ha- what happened between Cliff and Kyler unless one of them come out and say like why they were arguing on the on the line and stuff. I don't because the ego, if it's a bad ego, and what he's saying, he's kind of saying like give me the ball, me, 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 kind of thing, you know, person or whatever. But Kyler didn't give me any for me personally ego issues. Although a lot of people are kind of putting that up as like his issues right now. So uh, and, I know, have my I have my little issues with that, but you know, from neither here nor there. So, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, a lot of people are saying that this is a like a at least the rumor mill is sort of churning that saying that this is kind of like a precursor to the Cardinals signing Brian Flores. Um, uh, you and I probably can agree that we'd be over the moon if Brian Flores got a head coaching job again. I really like what he did at Dolphins where um, we both really like what he did at Dolphins and how he turned them into a, a pretty powerhouse defense and very He's short opportunities. And like people are asking him for an interview, I think. I think he was part of the Browns conversation as well for defensive coordinator. Yeah, because right now he's a linebackers coach for the Steelers. But of course, some people are like, oh, let's get him as a defensive coordinator. But I can see him going back as a head coach. It's just I so he made he made the same transition. We went from Patriots to Miami. So it's not yeah. it's not unheard of. And so, you know, maybe that's one of the things if you're a Cardinals fan, if you're a fan of Brian Flores to be optimistic about. Um, I'll if be you're, optimistic on it unless like you think he's going to be a problem due to like that lawsuit that's probably still running and stuff like that. But, you know. I, and you know that may, may, maybe some folks are a little concerned with if if Brian Flores was to go to be head coach of Cardinals, you know how his treatment of Tua uh, was, and you know if that'll translate to Kyler now because you know we saw under Mike McDaniel Tua kind of had a little bit of a uh, like a, a revolution as well, but mm-hmm. you know in, in between his concussions. Yeah, well, I, we also have to see who are the Cardinals going to let go as well? Cause there's rumors of, you know, Deandre Hopkins being on like the trade block and stuff like that, whether or not, you know, it comes to fruition or not is up in the air, but um, they might try to actually like move to get some more picks or money and stuff like that. I mean, they have a decent pick, but even still, they might try to move him on and stuff like that to go and get, you know, someone else. But Deandre Hopkins already proven himself to be a good receiver. If you can retain him, cool, but we'll see what happens with that as well. Yeah, I think that yeah that'll be interesting. I think DeAndre, <laughs> I sent you and Oliver this in uh, in our Discord 
but you know, I was watching the the local sports news on in Phoenix while I was there, and <laughs> a poll came up where it said which DeAndre is leaving first, DeAndre Hopkins or DeAndre Ayton, <laughs> and I thought I was like, what? Damn, what a poll! <laughs> the best poll ever, right? <laughs> yeah, and so I think DeAndre Hopkins. I think he's obviously being shopped around right now, so I don't think I think it's kind of a foregone conclusion that the Cards are going to try to get some sort of. Um, draft capital or you know maybe player cap like talent capital yeah. out of DeAndre Hopkins um, because they need to accelerate this rebuild and or you know whatever this phase you want to call it which is like you know like a rebuild with your hand tied behind your back when you're dealing with expensive contracts on your book basically so that's that's kind of what all we have with like the cards right now um, they could still be a playoff contender but it's gonna that's one of those like you 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 pulled the right pieces and you got a head coach and an offensive coordinator or I think the off, offensive coordinator is still the same but you got a head coach that's like in in lieu of what they want what they want to get out of the team it could be a resurgence for the Cardinals or they might need another year but that's just what I see right now for them yeah and you know we've talked about it a lot too where you know usually, like we we were talking about this last week too, I think. Where you know what do I what do they hire for first a coach or a head or a GM, right? Mm-hmm. And so they went the route of going for a GM first. Um, maybe that that stems from having broader organizational problems, and maybe that's where they're coming from. Often, sometimes, sometimes a GM uh, wants to bring in a head coach or something like that too. I understand, like if you bring a head coach and they can choose who their GM is. Sometimes it's the other way around too. So if they that's who their GM is, again, we got to just see. It depends on who that head coach is. <laughs> yeah, and that's that, that's what it comes down to because you can have like GMs like you know I think Pete Carroll wanted John Schneider to come in as GM, mm-hmm. so they he they they hired Pete and then Pete had his say on who the GM is. But then you also have GMs like Howie Roseman that have been through, you know, a couple of head coaches, and has always been a, a, a good exec for an organization. So it it's a, it's a per, it's a people trait as well as like you know how well you are at your job. Yep, yep. So that maybe, you know, we don't know which kind of GM he is yet. So we'll see how, how the head coaching search goes for them. Mm-hmm. But speaking of head coaching searches, we can rattle through some of these pretty quickly. Um, an update on the Sean Payton watch. So multiple organizations, the ones that we've, you know, harped on that have um, open open uh, head coaching positions. Looks like they've uh, they've requested – an interview with um, from from the Saints and those teams are the Broncos, Cards, Texans, and Panthers. Mm-hmm. The one team that hasn't requested an interview yet. So the 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 reason why this is an update is because now Panthers have um, added their name to the request list on top of uh, Broncos, Cards, and Texans who have already requested. But one team hasn't re- hasn't actually requested an interview with Sean Payton is the Indianapolis Colts. And what do you think about that? Eh. I don't, I mean, the Colts is just like a dumpster truck and like, I'm sorry for all the players that are currently there right now, because if they can't figure out, if they can't even figure out their quarterback, let alone a head coach, I don't know what to tell you. When I, when I saw that and I was like, man, just think about them running a full year with Jeff Saturday. Cause that, that was a dumpster fire of a, of an experience. If he still has the job, I'm going to look at them and be like, are you stupid? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, at that point, you're looking at, you know, we've talked about what a good owner and a bad owner is in the NFL. And this is an example of a bad owner who's just trying to put his friend in a position or, you know, uh, someone that he knows, his guy. And, you know, mm-hmm. you would expect it out of guys like Jerry Jones and that kind of thing as well. He only brought you one win, I yeah. believe. <laughs> out of what, seven, eight seven games? games? Yeah, yeah. he only brought him one win. And it was just like a okay. against the Raiders. The <laughs> Raiders, right? Um, speaking on Raiders, because uh, this came up like during the week of with Derek Carr stepping away from the team and you know 
as the team as a whole is going to like get rid of him because they have a way out with his contract. Um, like if a team were apparently to trade for Derek Carr, it, how much you're going to have to owe him for three years is basically like top QB money. Uh, that that is pretty much like 32.9 million base salary in 23, 41.9 in 24, and 41.2 million in 25. All of them have like a 100k workout bonus. And man, would, I want a bonus for just working out. I feel like I actually have motivation to go work roster out. Roster bonuses where people are getting paid <laughs> six million just for making the roster. Man, like that's yeah, wild yeah. to me. Like that's that's pretty cool. And I, I, again, the NFL is like a good place to like jumpstart families and stuff like that, as well as getting people out. Um, so either way, though, with Derek Carr's contract, if someone were to try, I don't think that's why I don't think a trade's going to happen unless like they just know for sure Derek Carr is the truth. Um, for them in like a short period uh, for three years or something so I, some people thought the Colts but I thought they said that they're not trying to do like the vet band-aid on the, like their position and stuff like that plus I don't even know if they have the cap space for them yeah. yeah I don't know man that I think they're still paying quarterbacks that don't play for them so yeah that's wild too right so I mean that's all I had on that one um other stuff that came in Ravens they signed a star on the team yeah, we kind of it's kind of been expected, but it wasn't the star a lot of people thought was going to be the first one to get a contract. Who got the deal? Not Lamar, but Roquan Smith. That man got himself a five-year, hundred million dollar uh, deal. Only forty-five million of it is guaranteed. So, I mean, like that's congrats you know. on getting your money, buddy. That's that's, yeah. that's what you got to say. If you're a linebacker and you're getting paid that good money, then you know more power to you because you know we saw deals like Bobby Wagner was getting and stuff like mm-hmm. that where. You know, his, we're was more, at... his was more guaranteed focus, if I remember correctly, more so than like having a big number on top, because like mm-hmm. a lot of the times you have to like work your way to get that full 100. In this case, the full 100 million or the full salary mm-hmm. offered. So, you know, a but lot in terms of, the... of like in oh, terms right. of like where all the money goes on defense, you know, first up first, the, the players that get the most are usually pass rushers. Mm-hmm. The second one up is secondary players. And then, you know, linebackers are often the the unsung heroes that don't get the money. So he got his money. So more, more power to him. Yeah. If I remember but, correctly, CJ Mosley was the one that helped break the linebacker market back on with the jets when the jets signed him. Cause I remember that deal and that kind of kickstarted like the linebacker market some more. So regardless, um, a lot of pe- a lot of teams are running three fours. We know they're important, but what do you think this means for like the Lamar situation? I don't know because a lot of like obviously the meme pages were going off and saying like you know your 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 seasons is is kind of going down spiral and you paid your your linebacker but not your quarterback as of yet. They're gonna pay him. The one thing that people need to also remember is that this is a franchise again that has not had a quarterback in a while post Joe Flacco. I mean, technically they got Lamar after and stuff like that, but they're they're not used to paying big money, big, big money for like a quarterback now. They're just used to having a quarterback for a long period of time. And you've seen how Joe Flacco's contract was kind of getting and how they got out of it eventually after that Super Bowl season. So Because Joe Flacco stunk it up after they won the chip. That was Oh yeah. That was, was the bad. that was the reason behind it. Yeah, he basically just said, like, I had he's I had my I'm not saying that's against him as a person or a player, but it's just like, you know, he's like as a joke, like yeah, I got that Super Bowl. I don't need to do that much now next year. I still got a contract. Oh, wait, where'd it go? I'm cut. What do you mean? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Wait, I'm not elite? You mean I'm not elite anymore? But um, Yeah, because that was the thing is that people were saying that he wasn't elite and then he won a chip and then they were like, he's elite. And then he got paid like he's elite. And then he went to promptly, he promptly went back to he not being elite. He played a full season, I think, with them. And then they let him go after that first season, if I remember correctly. So either way, they're not, this franchise is not used to paying someone big money. They don't know how to maybe structure a contract to help you know both sides and stuff like that so 
that's one thing you're going to have to look at, you know, going forward. Right. And um, I guess I would say like, speaking of like some former Ravens players, um, you know, everyone knows Ed Reed's about to be a future head or is the head coach for Bethune Cookman. Um, there's been an update on the saga with that though. Um, so for those that do not know, the initially he had like a couple of Instagram videos, uh, uh, either live, yeah, there were Instagram lives out and the short of it was he had issues with a lot of things. He had issues with like, um, how the campus, like the campus facilities were, how, you know, I think he also, it, it got to the point where it was kind of like the petty complaint. Like he actually had some crucial complaints for what was happening with the campus and stuff like that. And for those that do not know, uh, Bethune Cookman is HBCU in Florida. So you already know that like as an HBCU, we're already screwed out of a lot of the money that other schools are getting uh, in terms to do extra things that you expect to see like on a PWI or a predominantly white institution. So and he was actually calling out the really good ones. It just kind of got egregious and a little bit out of hand when he uh, kind of started com- talking about like, you know, I'm out here with the football player. We're just picking up trash on like the, on the yard and stuff like that. Da, 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 da. And I'm just like, you know, after a while, it's like you had good stuff. You you had us there in the first half, but then like you you kind of went off the rails you, in the you, second. You kind of you're kind of losing us here, champ. <laughs> right, because like he kind of started like you know not like cussing out particular people or anything like that. Just you know just kind of getting like he has that passion for football. He passion for his players and stuff like that. It just kind of got out of hand with what was said on Instagram. He did come out and apologize to you know the Bethune Cookman family, and of course he talked about you know getting with the AD or the athletic director and stuff like that. So it's one of those things where like you could have took that up with the AD and you like behind, behind the scenes and had a better way of doing that. But I know that he was just coming out like just hot, like, you know, I don't like like, Oh, and the biggest one was his office was not even cleaned when he came into it. Like, you know how you just get like, everyone thinks that as a college football or a college football head coach, you, you get the head coach position, not saying you're going to have an office, like, you know, like Alabama or anything like that because of what they've done over there. But like you at least just expect the basic stuff. Right. So it was one of the things where like he walked in on his office, it was dirty. He said it wasn't clean. That was one of his main complaints and stuff like that. It's like, how are you going to do all of this? How are you going to, he's like, how are you going to tell me that we're all here? Like we're all here to end this together, but like you can't even do the simple things and stuff like that. So if he had some talks outside and he made his apologies, that's pretty much all it is right uh, around it at this point in time. Yeah. But if anything, it's, it's important that he is vocal about these kind of things as well, because we we you know HBCUs need to have their need to you know sometimes you need to have the light shined on problems to um, you know to act on them right like mm-hmm. you got to see the problems that are out there and so you know if those programs are not taking their are not being taken care of properly you know even when the with like the basics of you know having your desk clean before you before you start your job. Mm-hmm. I mean, just imagine any job that you start, you know, you would hope that any job you start your, your station is clean right before you start. Right. Yeah. But shining, shining, shining a light on those problems is hopefully a good first step into, you know, shaping up that program because we, we know Ed Reed good, is like, it wasn't a decent or good first PR step, if you, if you will. But yeah, that's fair. <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. And you know, that's sometimes I think, I think there like, there's that old expression, all press is good press. Mm-hmm. And I think this is probably the first step into maybe improving the situation where, you know, it gets like that community awareness of people that are passionate for the HBCU programs to get them mm-hmm. up and going to see like, all right, your programs are derelict. You know, you need to actually get them 
into reputable standards and that'll help attract talent getting your facilities in order because mm-hmm. if you're if you're out there playing on something that looks like a high school football field meanwhile alabama's out there with like you know state-of-the-art facilities i'm not saying you need to have an alabama type facilities but have the bare the bare minimum all that and comes it, we, with winning games national championships bringing in money and you'll eventually get those top tier to keep it top tier but that's just how it usually is to jumpstart it you know the these programs are doing the right thing like when Deion sanders went to jackson state like you know having someone with that media presence already you know, brings that sort of attention that you need to to bring awareness to you know anything oh, yeah. that's shortcoming. Yeah, but he actually has a whole he has a whole personal like production crew because he uh, he just released like well not just released but like uh, a little bit earlier or la- or la- late last year he released like a documentary of like the whole thing like of when he first came in and to when he left and stuff like that. So he was already like all those if you ever seen like anything on YouTube where you see all these people recording around him and stuff like that, that was already like his uh Deion Sanders sp- uh, specifically, like his own team getting mm-hmm. stuff together and hey, I mean, he he said I'm going all in. He did. So he got a documentary and stuff out of it. Now his him and his son are at Colorado, so we'll see what happens with them as well. Yeah. I don't have anything else left on Ed Reed. You know, I like Ed Reed as a player, so I'm, I'm hoping he does good. Yeah. But same. Uh, you want to go right into the wild card round games? Yeah, we got to talk about them, man. All um, right, start me off. Yeah, uh, Chargers at Jaguars, uh, 31, uh, 31 30 Jaguars. I got that one right. But um, are we sure the NFL is not rigged? Because that was like a, a big comeback after that. Dude, what the fuck was that? You know, <laughs> now that we could talk about it in full detail, we talked a little bit about it with Brandon Staley, but Trevor Lawrence started off with four picks and a, Z- a zero QB rating through his first seven drives. Like, this was like, this was like very this was like very Zach Wilson-esque. This is the only way I can describe it. It was that bad. But, you know, in his remaining drives, he, I think his quarterback rating was I, I didn't see the exact number. I couldn't find it again, but it was either it was definitely over 140, if not a perfect 148.3 with, you know, four TDs and zero picks. How the fuck do you let that happen if you're the Chargers? I don't know what they I, did I, in their Answer half. me, Adam. How did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> Chargers charging it up. That this is going to become a you know they, like uh, if you're uh, if you're a Huskies and if you're familiar with the Huskies and Cougars rivalry, you know mm-hmm. Cougars over the years have um, you know f- uh, flubbed up games, you know, and just making mistakes, and so the adjective cooged it kind of became a thing. I feel like <laughs> Chargers are at risk of becoming something similar, where you know if someone makes a mistake, they Chargers it. I mean, yeah, and I think one thing to note is that for the playoffs, I was hearing from, like, uh, the media and stuff like that 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 was, like, the second most, like, comeback done by a team in the playoffs. So I don't know if you want to be on the tail end of that kind of record. But um, that's on Brandon Staley right there, though, too. Um, So, granted, you you let your offensive coordinator go, but at the same time, you're still in the hot seat yourself. Something's got to shake next season. You have to make a deep playoff run next season for you to keep that job and not just uh, we made it and we lost again. So I I think that's I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, everything always comes down to the man in charge. Right. That's where all the blame usually ends up, because, you know, it's not the offensive coordinator's fault. Also, that he was hired to be, you know, he's part of the hiring decisions as well as in in terms of like who he puts into coaching positions. Mm -hmm. But you know, like we we talked about the week eighteen decision this year and how you know Mike Williams went down with a with a neck injury. Joey Bosa got knocked up as well. Oh, I, I heard Joey for for Mike Williams it was a back like a lower back injury and stuff like that. That might Unless... have been the case. I, I just remember he was stretchered off. I thought it was one or the other. And yeah. so you know, 
I'm not like what you like you said earlier, you know, it's not like he one player makes a difference, but you know, having a big guy like Mike Williams is a good way of hanging on to the football and continue, you know, extending long drives because when you come down with a 27 to zero lead, all you got to do is figure out ways to run at the clock. You know, Austin Eckler didn't get as many yards as you know, like you said, like he didn't get that many yards. I think he only had like, you know, 40 yards, but two touchdowns. You know, if you can't if you can't string together plays, keep the clock running when you're up twenty seven to zero, you know maybe that is on the offensive coordinator. But you know the the Mike Williams decision was pretty in, inexcusable. If well, you're, starting uh, all your player. starting all your starters in the last week when you know you have a um, there was a no consequence for them, week. right? There was no consequence. They they wouldn't have gone up or down. No, that that's why a lot of people were looking at that. That's why a lot of people were calling for Staley to kind. That's why a lot, that's why you see players standing up for Staley, and you have a lot of people saying he should get out because of like that decision among like the other stuff he's done. So, yeah, I, I mean, Herbert, he, like you got another chance. So, yeah. And that like, I mean, you, you, you think it's his last chance next season. I wouldn't disagree with that because he's like, the Frank, hot seat. I'll just say he's, he's, he's on the he's hot part seat. Of, like him. Mike Vrabel will be on like, Her- the hot seat. I mean, Herbert, like, uh, like I was saying, Herbert Bosa, Derwin James, they've all voiced their support for Staley. But, you know, if you're an organization, you've essentially wasted prime, window years with Justin Herbert's rookie yep. rookie contract, you know, he's, he's going to demand a lot of money very soon and your ability to build a roster gets significantly harder once that happens. And so yeah, if this is what you're doing this right off now, season, this is it. Like this is the this off is season it. that you need to go, like they need to go in like now this is their time to go in. They need to go get new, a new wide receiver that the stretch, the field that we talked about earlier, they need to do what they need to do on line. defense, do what they need to do on the defense as well, because something happened to where you gave up a 27, zero lead and you lost that game 31 to 30. So, um, something didn't, something didn't shake on the defense. So, yeah. And you know, that's, I think that's all I had for, for that game. I think Joey Bosa, I didn't write this down. I didn't look into it too much because it feels like players are always complaining about officiating. But uh, one of the, the headlines that came out of the game is that Joey Bosa was very expletive or yeah, you know, very critical of officiating in the NFL. Obviously he's going to get fined because, you know, there's no accountability for refs in the league. Um, but, you know, that's something to take away from this as well is that, you know, play, the frustration is growing with regards to the inconsistencies with officiating across the league. Um, mm-hmm. Side note with, with regards to that, I can't remember. This was like some small time soccer league, I think, or maybe it was one of the major ones. Maybe it's the German soccer league, mm-hmm. like a, a, a referee blown, uh, blew a decision that ultimately led to like the team who was the victim of this bad decision uh, losing the game. The other team won. Mm. And that referee was suspended for like four games or something like that. You know, that's a that's like a form of that's a form of holding it uh, holding a referee accountable. You know, maybe having that um, encouragement to you know call the game as it is. You know, that'll that maybe that's a way for for them to enforce it in the NFL. Obviously, it's a little bit different because you know they play like forty games a season in soccer versus eighteen. I, and I'm, I'm still with you that we need some form of like refs being held accountable post game and stuff like that. I mean, you may not be able to change the result of a game, but you can do something to the ref to like you know if you know for a fact it was on the ref. Hit him. There, <laughs> <laughs> right, but there was times where we all knew even this season where like the ref was the issue like a particular yeah. ref and it's not, I'm not saying like, Oh, we gotta, we gotta be careful around these refs and stuff like that. But it, it really feels like they have a little bit of power. And like, the only thing you can do is just shrug and move on to the next game. So. Yeah. That's all I had for this one. Yep. Uh, next game we got is dolphins at bills, 34, 31 bills, both right. For me, it was just like dolphins could have had it 
and Bills are moving on. But it's really weird that, like, hey, Bills, you were losing against, like, a backup QB. Now, granted, you can't take anything for granted in the league, but, like, you were low-key, like, losing up a, against, like, their third-string backup, yeah. I believe, for and I the think Dolphins. This was another example of a game that I think Bills came out to uh, a very early lead. I think they were up 20-0. to zero. And they kind of just took the foot off the brake. Josh Allen started making some mistakes. There was a lot of frustration that was growing amongst the players because mm-hmm. I think Josh Allen and I can't remember who else got into a shoving match, and that led to the led to a fight amongst all the players. Like it, I think you know, my, like you said, Miami had a chance. A lot of the a lot of the 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 uh, opinions in the landscape kind of put it down to bad clock management. Come th- towards the end of the game, that kind of yeah. bit them. And, you know, we all saw the pass that was kind of forced and it was flipped there. basically. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, that could have I mean, Dolphins could have come out with an upset on this one. So my question to you is, should Bills fans be worried about how close of a game this was? You know, I mean, they probably have all their trust, like with the season that they're having after the, the whole DeMar Hamlin thing, too. I think they're just like take a win where you take this win and keep it pushing because we let's not talk about it until we either lose or like we just go all the way because I, I know the Bills feel like they need to to win everything because it's been a long time coming. Um, that's why I kind of favored the Bills going to the Super Bowl personally. But um, yeah. And like the other thing, what, funny funny enough about the game real quick was that my, uh, McDaniel, uh, he was vaping on like the sideline too. What, what was I, I saw the headline. Was that an actual thing? It's just like, like you just kind of see like the puff of smoke. It's like, okay, all right. Dude, that, I mean, it's not like it's against it. it I don't, you know, I don't know what's in it, but hey, you know, who knows, right? So if you can do it on the sideline, he's not a player. It's funny because like you know there always there's been so many memes around Mike McDaniel this season about how he just looks like he kind of rocked it, like the he kind of rocked up and said he was the head coach and you know no one questioned it kind of thing yeah or like day. he's like acting like his dad's the manager right <laughs> yeah. he's 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 a cool quirky kind of like coach in my opinion I feel like the the Mike Miami needed this to like jumpstart what they got going they already have like a lot of weapons and stuff they just need to um retain who they need to retain that core and then just get it together on the offense while also kind of sharpening that defense some more personally we've we've seen time and time again where guys come out of the patriots organization and try to bring the patriots way to whatever organization they move to Mm -hmm. and it doesn't come with any success whatsoever like matt patricia at lions brian flores at dolphins joe judge at giants like um, you know, which Bill pick O'Brien your, at the Houston Texans. You can't Bill O'Brien at the Texans. That yeah, man, that man tried to be Bill Belichick himself. Yeah, but then which pick, whichever stint of Josh McDaniels. You know, it's kind of like, um, you know, people try to bring that culture to an organization. So, and usually they end up getting a lot of resistance from the players, the organization itself. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. you know, they needed a guy like Mike McDaniels to come in. And so, it's good to see that they're kind of having fun again. Yeah, I mean, I I think the Miami Dolphins they needed that they needed some type of jump start with what's been happening with the past few years with their franchise. So, um, hey, we're all for it, and um, hopefully they they make do on it with where Tua is with his contract and stuff like that. But hopeful, but another thing is like how is Tua going to be later on in life, um, if not if not years down the line in the league with those uh, what was it three. Um, head injuries, he, concussions he had this season alone. I just three? want I, on a human level that man needs to get right. You know, that's that's all I can you say. You can't really get right except just stop playing football. That's the only way to get right because you're going to have those these issues um, come in later on. And we've seen many a player um, go through their stint, whether from the college level to the NFL level. Um, you, you know, know we were talking about before we started the podcast. You know, I was looking on Twitter and 
<laughs> I saw Antonio Brown was trending and everyone, and I was like, oh man, what now? And he, he, he leaked some video, some explicit video on Snapchat or something like of that. Of course but, he did because but, Antonio Brown, but like that's, he's one of the few people that like a lot of people say like that one play where he got Vontae's Vontae's perfect. Messed that Burfacit, man up for like perfect, right? Perfect. Is it perfect? Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, cool. Yeah, but I think yeah. that 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 man ended, you know, his mentality because everybody regarded Antonio Brown as being like this very polite, you know, very likable guy until that hit. And you know, after that, you know, he probably compounded it with you know extra head injuries because after you take a hit like that, like we've talked about, you know, you're more susceptible to get head injuries. But after that happened, you know, um, you can't. Uh, it's I hard would, to get right. I wouldn't say he didn't have his issues with the Steelers then, because Mike Tomlin mentioned about like working with his, um, like those first what few what two or three years with uh with AB was pretty good. But like he was doing a lot of like, ma- like kind of maintaining his personality. But of course, it got worse over time until it started happening. Like right, like tail end, and then of course we all know the story after that. So. Mm-hmm. You know, still looking out for that man. Hopefully, he just gets that piece he needs personally. But yep. uh, on to the next game because this one's an interesting one that happened. We got the Giants at Vikings. The Giants pulled it off with 31 24, and you got that one right. So, you have anything on that one? Brian Dobble is officially the coolest guy, fat guy in New York since Biggie. <laughs> <laughs> he, that's what people have been saying he's like he's the coolest fat dude since the norris notorious big himself oh my in gosh. new york he's really good at what he does that's who you compare to with um like the chargers head coach like brian dobble knows how to get the most out of all his players every single one including danny dimes himself yeah, so. <laughs> and this was a this was an interesting game because the the game plan itself they put it on Danny Dimes' shoulders, and you know we've been saying this whole season like this game that this team lives and dies on the on the back of Saquon Barkley, and you know this was one of those games where they put it on Danny Dimes and he came through and you can't you can't I take think that's that just away from having him. having like people behind him that you know support him and stuff like that his team family and all that stuff I think that helped especially the confidence levels with how this season went, so hey. At this point, why not us? That's kind of, you can kind of just see that from most of these teams out here. But um, I'm just I, knew, glad I personally the, knew that the Vikings defense was going to cost them at some point, though. Yeah, I mean, it's been kind of written on the wall with how many one-score wins they've had, you know, or, you know, maybe it was less than one-score wins. Um, or just a, or really just like a field goal. numbers in defense and how many yards they allow yeah. and stuff like that. Like, it was, it was egregious. Like, you knew it was going to catch them in, like, the playoffs at some point. Like we know, Vikings were were fortunate on many in many instances with many games, you know, and often were regarded as kind of like, or at least I called them, the biggest fakers to make the playoffs. They just and, had know. a high octane offense. They just didn't have their defense. Just was like flip floppy and how yeah. they performed. So. And so, you know, I'm glad that they're out because I would have hated a team to just kind of fake it till they made it, you know, all the way to the Super Bowl. Um, but do, you know, do you that's think that's, they need that's move my on opinion. From Kirk Cousins, though, at this point. Because, like, I don't know how many other chances Kirk Cousins, like, it's not that Kirk Cousins isn't good or anything, but it's like, I feel like you know the ceiling with Kirk at this point. And I think, to be fair, their ceiling was on the offensive side of the ball. They were doing pretty dang well. It wasn't you know, well enough. Of, <laughs> wasn't well enough. But, you know, it, football is played across three phases. We've talked about this time and time again. And so getting getting right on defense was probably their first priority. True. Now, maybe if you if you want to continue on with Kirk Cousins, you can just you know he's not your franchise quarterback he's your bridge quarterback just at this point you know the narrative might change but yeah 
because I think one thing about Kirk is he was the one that helped start it up like the full. He was, the, I think, the first player to get that full, the first fully guaranteed, contract. fully guaranteed contract. Yeah, I think it was that three. It was a three year, eighty five million contract he got before. I remember I th- that one. And I think so. My God, that man has so much money. Especially he made a lot of money from the Commanders back in the day because they, yeah. they kept franchise tagging him, and he yeah, was just like, that. "That's guaranteed money for me. Why not?" Yeah. And you know, because you like that, you know, and all that <laughs> stuff. So, um, well, yeah, we'll see what happens. I just, I don't. That's like my little catchphrase at this point because I don't know what's going to happen with Kirk Cousins. It's more of that, like, I feel like I don't think he's going to be gone, but I know that in the back of their heads they're like, okay, so quarterback, um, what are we doing at quarterback? <laughs> yeah, I think they're, I think they're going to have to at some point start looking towards the future, and you know, Kirk Cousins is probably not going to be part of that picture. Yeah, so next game we got was the Ravens at Bengals, 24-17 Bengals. We both got this one right. Uh, for me, it was just it was a pretty close match. And then, of course, you had J.K. Dobbins at the after the game talking about how uh, Huntley shouldn't have had the ball in his hands. They should have gave it to him, and they would have mm-hmm. had that touchdown. But should have, could have, would have at that point. I think on the other side of it, dude, like, I, I mean, I'm a big stand for the Bengals. And so, you know, the fact that this was a close game wasn't that alarming for me. You know, Ravens are easily one of the best defenses in the AFC, you know, if not the best in the AFC. They're also division rivals, aren't they? So Yeah, they're division rivals as well, and we know how weird those games can get. But mm-hmm. Hubbard's, you know, 98-yard fumbled return for a touchdown was wild. I remember I saw it live, and I just saw the ball pop backwards right into Hubbard's hands, and he just started running in the opposite direction. Brief moment, he was confused, and that ended up being the difference maker. But you know, that's playoff football. I think the more alarming thing for me is that their left tackle, Jonah Williams, uh, dislocated his kneecap and is out. So, um, you know, I'm a big stand for the Bengals, but these O-line injuries are kind of piling up, and it's going to come back to bite them come the off- come you know next round. Yeah, hopefully they can, you know, in that case, they can just get something to shore up that O-line because that's kind of like the reason why they lost the Super Bowl last time. So last yeah, now, year, you're, so. now you're just basically running it back with what you had last year. Because Eli, I remember the, one of the other things I took out of this was Eli Apple was getting blown up on some of these, on some of these plays, and you know it's not it's gonna come back to bite them. And, and when it's when they're playing a non second stringer at quarterback, you know that's Tyler Huntley. That's what I'm saying. Like like Eli Apple, everyone knows is not like a good starter, but I feel like they just didn't have any other choice because they didn't have a high enough pick to go get one, nor there wasn't like a corner out on like in the free agency market demanding a top dollar. So yeah, for sure. What can you do? Um, next one, and it makes me throw up saying it, but the ugh, the Cowboys at Bucks, thirty-one uh, fourteen Cowboys. Um, fuck, fuck them boys. But um, <laughs> you know, uh, for me, it's just I hope they lose the next round because I do not want to hear any of it with the Cowboys going. No, I'm not a Cowboys fan just because I'm in Dallas. No, <laughs> never. <laughs> um, and my only thing is just at this point was like, is TB12 going to, is TB12 going to leave? If so, where to next? And a lot of people have been saying Raiders, but you know, it's, it's still up in the air unless he just says, uh, not, not many people want to the man, the man that. threw away his family to run it back with Tampa Bay. I think he's already, he's already got nothing to lose at this point. Yeah. He's just, keep, he keeps going on these one year deals and stuff like that to keep it pushing. But Hey, it is what it is. You got anything on the game? No, I mean, you know, I thought uh, this was a weird one. Um, I, I remember one of the things that I took away from it was not related to the game itself. It was just an awkward moment where Joe Buck had one of the one of the most all time, one of the worst all time jinxes when he said that Tom Brady never throws a pick in the end zone, and 
lo and behold, the very next play, he throws a pick in the end zone. And that kind of just, <laughs> that kind of just set the tone for what we were going to get from the, the Bucks offense. And, you know, from the Bucks defense, it just kind of seemed lifeless against the Cowboys. I, right before we started this, I saw a tweet that from Matt Barry that said that Todd, that, um, Todd Bowles is the is the Nathaniel Hackett of defensive coaches, and I was like, "Oof, oh, that's that is a, that's that a is a harsh. One. That is not an accurate analogy was, to draw." Like, first of all, his how how is Todd Bowles a Nathaniel Hackett when they actually went to the playoffs compared to the Broncos? Fair <laughs> enough. The head coach didn't even make it throughout the whole season, man. And the head that same head coach that they're talking about had to hire someone else to help with decision making. Make yeah. it make sense. Make but it make okay. sense. It's like they needed to hire another head coach for this head coach win with Hackett. But we I have think two the, head coaches, so we have no head coaches. <laughs> yeah. One of the one of the funny things that kind of came out of this game was that Brett Mayer missed an NFL playoff record of four extra points in this game. And he's currently at risk of being cut. You know, we've seen how close these games are. Uh there's a lot of rumors turning that he might get cut. Do you think the Cowboys should do it? Um, if you need a kick, I mean, the thing is, do they have another kicker in the wings or do they have to go yeah, out and get one? Right. So you're going to probably have to go out and get one. And then with less than a week, train up that kicker to be ready. I'm not saying you cannot say that kickers is the, is an easy position for all you out there, but at the same time, like it's, it's a little bit of like, do we stay or do we go? Because like, if you're telling me your extra points and you missed four of those, I don't know if I can trust you. If, if that, anything, if they keep them, they keep them. But after this, whole season i think they're gonna get rid of him i mean there there's been a lot of support for bet mayor too i think he's like 100 percent for kicks over like 50 yards or 60 yards or something like that like he's nailed multiple 60 yard kicks this mm-hmm. season and so like there's a lot of support for him i mean everybody has a bad day this just happened to be a really bad day for him i don't think you can go out there and cut him because you know you're you're in he's, the playoffs he needs he may have to have a go have a talk with a certain cowboys owner about his future at this point since that man yeah. has all the that's all, all the power. That's all the power, technically speaking. So that's. I don't think. I don't think the Cowboys should do it. It's you're you're at that point where you don't want to add another wild card into into your team, and you want to you want to you want to you want to be consistent coming in week in and week out. But yeah, that's that's pretty much it for all the games. So uh, next up, we got the divisional game round games. So if you want to run us through those, yeah, let's run through these really quick. So we got Jaguars at Chiefs. I'm on Jags. I'm still on chaos. I'm in you're, chaos. You're chaos. Chaos Central. I'm gonna go with Chiefs, but I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> the only reason being is I, I'm not so confident on Chiefs defense, but you know we'll see. Hey, this is the time where you should be like with the Jags, in my opinion, because you were like, "Oh, I'm not really a Chiefs fan. I'm a Bengals fan." But like here yeah. you are, Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we'll see because yeah. you know Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Fair. Giants. Fair. We got Giants at Eagles. Who you got? You're going to go Ooh. Chaos again, aren't you? I I'm gonna go Eagles this time on this one. That's that a one. fair one. It's like I can see it. I can see the struggle and stuff like that. But yeah, no. Yeah. yeah so what's next? We'll Bengals at Bills. Bengals at Bills. Ooh, this is the big one. I, I'm gonna. It's it's the rematch. <laughs> Ooh, and so I Bengals. I think I, I have I have the I have it down as Bengals. But you know, with all the offensive I'll go line Bills injuries, because you know, okay, one I know Bengals are just hungry for a Super Bowl because they were there. But you know, yeah. Bills are even hungrier because they got ousted because of the. They even changed the dang rule of giving another team a, a second chance uh, from the Bills-Chiefs game. So I feel like the Bills are definitely hungry for one. But we'll see. It's going to be a really good – that's the one. If I have to like only watch one game, it'll be that one for sure. Yeah, and I, like I was saying, like Bengals, I mean, they're my team for the AFC. But like I would be – you know, with all the O-line injuries piling up, it's going to be tough. 
Yeah, next up, nice. we had Cowboys at Niners. Nice. And I, I screw the Cowboys. Boys. Screw the fuck them boys. Fuck them boys. <laughs> but you know, okay, those four we have we have four very solid week games lined up for us, as you would hope, come playoff time. Uh, the only way it wouldn't be solid if Vikings made it make it made it to the divisional round games. But I'm just a little bitter. But anyways, that's that wraps up all of our games. Any any last thoughts from you, Adam? Yeah. Um, for me, it's pretty much just like who would have thought the Jags and the Giants after the season they've been they've been having for like the past thunk? two or, <laughs> yeah the past two or three seasons all of a sudden they're just in the divisional round this this season you know um, that's just it's a bit that's a bit like surprising and th- honestly I just love the fresh new teams that are getting into the playoffs besides the same old same old teams because let me get be honest here you you know you're bored seeing Patriots or Chiefs always going and all that type of stuff right so yeah that was one thing. Um, the other thing is, uh, you know, again, we are on YouTube. <laughs> come, <laughs> come see us. Come see us um, on the YouTube channel. You get see our get to see our beautiful, handsome mugs in action and stuff like that. And um, you know, add a comment, subscribe, all that good stuff, please. And uh, even for like, uh, of course, if you still want to just do the typical, you know, podcast only, hey, put us on in the background on YouTube. We, we don't mind. You know, we can yeah. we can still be your your Apple, your Spotify's, and all that stuff without it. But hey, it's up to you on that. One. We just but want you to join support. the community. Let's, yeah. let's <laughs> that's all we want. Yeah, yeah. So what about you, man? Uh, you know, like I like we've been saying, it's been a roller coaster of a season. Um, this was our opportunity to uh, see what we have out there, see where the organization is heading. Um, in terms of good things that we have lined up for us, you know, we have a lot of draft capital to work with. We made a lot of progress this season with like new faces that came in. I'm just really mm-hmm. looking forward to you know continuing this journey next season, and you know nice. like you said, uh, like you said, uh, seeing new game, new teams um, work their way through the playoffs instead of our old you know the teams that we're always used to seeing <laughs> used to seeing in the playoffs like the mm-hmm. Packers and all those guys. But yeah, that's all it for me. All right then, that's all you know. That's all from us here at Misdraps. Thank you for you know hey. For all you people that have been consistent in listening to us yapping your ear, thank you. This is to you, for the real ones out there. But please, you know, share with your friends, though, and tell them to, you know, put five stars on all of the podcast platforms. And please give us a thumbs up and a share and all that good stuff on the YouTube channel. Again, it's the YouTube channel, people. Hey, how you doing? Uh, it'll be the second video going out. So, um, yeah, just all of our handles are at misreps. So, Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and just, you know, hopefully we'll see you again next week. Peace!